0: People on the left. And when I get nervous, I walk, and usually I speak too quickly. So people understand, anything, just
1: keep to yourself and pretend you did I'd be very, very careful who you talk to you about that, because the person who wrote that is dangerous.
0: Yeah, we'll just full send it. Should I just do? I'm just gonna do the late night voice. <laughs> you know, that'll keep everything calm. Because you know, late at night mm. you can either listen to that one channel where they have all the UFO conspiracy theories, that'll get you all amped up, you'll never sleep.
1: I was like, that is this channel.
0: But if you you know you just tone it down a little bit. Down. Maybe play a little Barry White, you oh. know, in the intro or the outro and then everybody's just cool.
1: Cool, babies, keep cool.
0: <laughs> or you could go, be hey, cool, honey, <laughs> <clears throat> Um So most of this conversation happened without being recorded. <laughs> yeah, that's so
1: different for you guys. It, it,
0: yeah, it, I, but I, you know, I wanted yeah. to turn over a new leaf, you know, and just like, but then, you know, when we were on the topic of Achievement or the appearance of achievement achievement and you know how those things are typically apparently these days valued as being the same the appearance of the actual thing. Yeah, except when you get changed by, you know, actually accomplishing something, you become a different person.
1: Yeah, completely. I mean... Well, actually, you know,
0: if, if you just also subscribe to, the, you know, you're just totally into only the appearance of having achieved, because you can make that shit up on social media and, you know, in most of life, because you can lie on your resume and get a shit, you know, get the yeah. job, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, but they are valued as the same thing. Did well, you want to dive right in? I'm sorry for... I keep interrupting. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I just like saying part words. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm going to zip it right now.
1: No. Um uh, yeah, but it's not necessarily. Ju- it's obviously not the achievement. It's the. It's the journey. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, that really changes us. Yes. Yes.
0: So let's think about that. Yeah, just I'm trying to please uh, continue. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> what I really meant to say was, we've overthought about that already, <laughs> and we could just, um, you know, maybe talk about all of the things that we've thought about. I would the love that. that, that <laughs> When this, um, I mean, this has come up in conversation over and over and over again. And it's something you know, like if, Hey, if there was a a zine that was out, you know, in some time in the past recent years and, and the subtitle of the zine below the title, which was raised, if the subtitle was a fist fight with human nature, well, you know, obviously this has been something we've been thinking about for a long time yeah, and And it affects us, you know, in the real world in in different ways. Because you can step back and you can kind of avoid it in a lot of ways. But then not discussing it, not confronting it, leads um, not calling people out who go for the appearance rather than the process. Who are so focused on the rewards of the supposed end result Mm -hmm. or the rewards as the end result of this, if I look like I did, anyway. Yeah. I'm going to use a little analogy that came up today. Yeah. And let's just circle to some other things that, yeah. have, that we've all experienced or we've experienced recently. Um, I'm not, I don't get so worked up about climbing shit. Yeah, I know. As I used to. Yeah. Still some days. Yeah. <clears throat> and I just don't appreciate when someone who stands on top of the highest point of of the world. Mm. The tippy top, the very 29,000 and some feet, Mount Everest. Um, there's no differentiation in the eyes of the many, and even some of the few don't fucking understand it, uh, between someone who arrived there on their own, a small team, and climbed, you know, addressed a challenge let's say presented by nature in as close to a natural way as possible not overpowering it with technology not having others do the work and take the risk um so that they could you know uh appear to have done it i guess um so there's some people okay walk up to everest uh the australian team um, and now those guys like the names I can't remember. Um, anyway, uh, you know, walked up, climbed to the North Face of Everest, um, and it, it was documented a book called White Limbo, um, <clears throat> basically an Alpine style, no oxygen, etc. Yeah. And no one else was around. You know, when Messner soloed it during the monsoon, he he and Nino were the only fucking people there on the north side. So this is addressing the challenge in the, the the most simple natural way possible, and then he, you know, and that then, um, and so you see, you know, those people standing on the sun. they have they've arrived at the summit, and that's considered to be the same as the people who fucking stood in line, who um, had uh, hired workers to navigate their way through the icefall, set up the route there, who to carry the 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 the. the extra weight to carry the supplemental oxygen to fix the ropes that the people would climb up. Yeah, they had to put one foot in front of the other. But you know, the risk is mitigated by others mitigated, interpreted by a guide. And uh, to the tune of, you know, I don't know what it costs these days, but we'll just go between 60 and 100 grand, maybe it's less because you know, some people sell themselves short, because they think price is an issue. And, um, and so then that person gets up there, he stands on the top. There's obviously a bunch of other people around him because the 300 motherfuckers were up there at the same time. Um, but, you know, he tries to, you know, crop the photo to get the other people out of the way as if he actually did something. And then he raises his arms, you know, to the extent that he can because he's so fucking uh, out of his element uh, and then comes down. And then, you know, eventually you know it's it's. I think a misunderstanding of the achievement, and I hope in the process of doing that, that some of those people recognize that what they've, um, what they have, quote, accomplished, unquote, is completely different than, um, you know, people who have addressed the challenge in a, in a, in a, in a different way. And uh, uh, to, but those things are sort of, tr- you know, treated as being equal. Some guys stood on top with the arms up. You know, top the highest point in the world, standing there on the summit, and no regard for how they got there. Yeah, and this is, I think, the difference between um, chasing the achievement rather than um, embracing the process of accomplishing.
1: Yeah, completely, and and I think that's a perfect example. You know, intent has always meant a lot to me, and and like a lot of things, when when they mean a lot to us, sometimes we think we're the not not necessarily the first people to think of them, but we hold to something close, and then we find out that many people before us have held the same thing close to them. Oh yeah, it's it, not it's not unique. It, well, and so what I'm getting <laughs> to is that I think it's Sadhguru who says all that we can actually hold is our intent, and so um, that just means so much. So our I think about for myself and exploring the mountains you know there's some mountains that are um out of my limit and since and i don't necessarily have the ability to go and explore them on my own and so maybe that means hiring a guide well i'm fully aware (laughs) that i am not uh climbing this mountain in the same way as as somebody who's doing this on their own but my intent to be there is just to be in that space and to be grateful to have been there. And I think the frustration, especially if we, it's just so human. If we look at the highest point on the world and, and people's need to conquer, let's quotations and, uh, and their need to, um, to be able to, uh, I'll use the word yell, to yell about what they have done, uh, they bring that intent with them, and that's the upsetting part. I th- and I think th-
0: some of that goes along with the ability to yell.
1: <laughs> yeah. Ooh.
0: Which is in the last it has become something in the last ten years. Oh, everyone yeah. is a platform, everyone has a, a mechanism, a megaphone for shouting yeah. which was not available in and in, in, in the in a certain way, whether whether it's climbing, whether it's running, whether it's cycling, and this is just
1: in the realm of sport, but whether it's any sort of yeah. of these achievements. So are are you doing these achievements? To be changed through the experience of going for them, and and how that deepens you as a person, or are you going there so there's eyes on you,
0: and then to try and draw the eyes on you, yeah. and and in the and and in the days of yore, yeah. as they yeah. used to say, yeah. um, th- there were gatekeepers yeah. who filtered what was news, yeah, what was useful achievement. Mm, that's interesting. In in in, in yeah. the eyes, of, you know of of the various communities within which these things were publicized. uh, and, and those gatekeepers don't exist.
1: Yeah. And, you know... Well, they do. They're just companies now. Those are the new gatekeepers.
0: <laughs> Ouch. In collusion with the government, you're saying?
1: <laughs> well, that is the biggest company. <laughs>
0: oh, my God. All right. That concludes our podcast for the evening. We've just dropped the heavy knowledge. And, um, I I don't... You know, honestly, I don't know. Like, I I don't think, like, in, in intimate conversation that you could get you, you that anyone would admit mm. that their intent was for their shout to be heard
1: but they don't need to admit it I mean maybe if they want to be a better person they could get there but but it's so felt uh, uh, but, uh, um, but but, but
0: so what I, was, what I was trying to get at there is that, they're, that they don't understand oh, their, yeah. you know, their intent. Like if, if you, they said, "Well, I really wanted to have this experience and this and that, and this was the mm. only one that I could have." Yeah, right. And, and so it's not the the natural one; it's the it's the it's control not it's
1: before the mountain. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's the shaped one. It's the managed yeah. one, and
1: not even in the mountain. It's right. Whatever it is, it, it's.
0: You know, whatever it is, it's like let's just you know another know thing that I was intimately involved in, in for a while was you know racing a bike, yeah. And you know, you'd go out and you get on the road and you do the thing, yeah. And and people, you know, were out there, all of them, most of them, trying really fucking hard, yeah. But some of them came back and they're and then they're like, it. The day turned out the way they wanted to, not the way they wanted to. Whatever that part doesn't matter, but it's all and, and it happens. <clears throat> it would happen in climbing a lot, but also in cycling. They would re they would interpret. Mm. Their relationship to the challenged in a particular way that would that be because they they, they to, to make them look better. Yeah. So if I'm first. So
1: if you want to be a savior, <laughs> that's just your ego talking. Yeah. It, oh,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: And, and to be like,
0: OK, so, you know, off the back for most of the day, but also second place in the 50 to 55 category. Yeah. You know, or whatever the age group is. Yeah. Um and and breaking it down to age groups so everybody feels like they could possibly stand on the podium right. be, when when they're the, 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 the when that is not true, you know possible it's the it's the going back to everybody gets a thing gets a prize and we spoke about this earlier today about okay kids everybody gets some kind of award yeah regardless well, of the level of achievement but that's not prepare but sport i think it, you know, yeah, it's fun for kids, but a lot of sport and competition and interacting with others, the point of this was to help prepare children for real life. And if we make sport artificial for them so that they have artificial experiences, um, then they get out in the real world. Well, either they're going to behave in the same way and pretend that they're, you know, doing the same thing as other people, or they're going to be Fucking disappointed and, you know, r- really mad at the people who uh, didn't prepare them adequately for genuine life.
1: Yeah, it's um, conflicting information, I think, that we give kids. It, it is, uh, I don't know the right words. It is like the participation award or it is every everyone gets something. Uh, but then it's also like this high, high focus on... What are you going to be? What are you going to do when you grow up? Uh, Either it's sport or school or whatever is everything. And so I think that we have this habit of putting the focus on the end goal, especially when we're talking to kids, instead of talking about the process of, you know, to be deeply changed, you'll fail a lot. And to be deeply changed, you'll lose a lot. Or, but it's building that character of resilience, in the process of it. And so I think that as people, we often focus on the end goal unconsciously and consciously in conversation with others and and with our kids. And we focus on that end goal. And then everyone gets obsessed about getting to that end goal because they want some validation or some sense of worth. Uh, But, but, and we haven't focused on the character development of the journey.
0: I was quite, um, I don't know, moved when Brant shared his interaction with the oh. students, oh yeah, and talked to them, you know, it pulled them, and basically said, Do you think it's going to be easy, yeah, to be successful? Do you think it's going to easy be easy to you know get to college and get through college and yep. and do these things and and almost a hundred percent of them said no, yeah, that it will be hard work, yeah. But then they're also presented with, you know, this pressure or or this influence from everywhere else in the world.
1: That we're supposed to be like an end product already. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I find myself doing it too, you know, like I'll have wished that I was further along in my career or I'll have done better in certain instances and with whether it's sport or exploration and then I'm or being self-employed, a hundred percent exactly. <laughs> and then I remember, or I'm learning to slow down a little bit and be like, "No, this is this is all part of it. All of these steps are part of it." And so I don't know why I'm rushing so much. This is my chance to be here <laughs> and experience these things.
0: I mean, some of that is the outside pressure, but some of it is also the in.
1: Oh, it's super internal. It, it's for, su-
0: it's really internal, yeah. and and to takes a lot of time to understand the value of time <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean you you can't because yeah. you know if you've been you're a, let's just say you're uh i don't know late teens early twenties yeah you haven't had a lot of experience no, so you don't have a you know a v- i'll say valuable slash meaningful relationship with experience yeah and what it takes to accumulate these lessons, then as you, you know, okay, double that amount of time on earth.
1: Well, even before we double, if we're still, you know, teenagers to early 20s, not only do we not have the experience yet in this, you know, although I remember being in high school and being like, fucking older Blair, don't forget who you are right now. Like, don't be one of those adults that talks down on high schoolers. Like, you're an aware person. I like spoke to future Blair. But what I'll say is, one, you do lack a lot of experience that you haven't had in life. And not only that, you aren't at a point in your life where you're feeling the pressure of lessening time or the pressure of time that is taken from you
0: necessarily. It, it, it appears infinite yes. ahead of you at that point. Yeah. It's what, yeah.
1: yeah. At it, least for me, other people have had other experiences.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would say in that relationship to time in that era, for for me at that age, it was like, well, I'd already established my expiration date, so it was all, it was yeah. still lessening, which meant that I was trying really hard, which meant that I thought it was really crazy <laughs> thing to do, is to you know to pack you know ten years worth of climbs into you know three years mm. or whatever it is, but you still don't have. 10 years worth of climbs. Right. You've just done a bunch of shit. Yeah, totally. But, you haven't, but you've you've only had, let's just say that was three years, 10 years of climbs into three years. I've only had three years of experience still. It doesn't matter what I've done in that amount of time. It doesn't matter what I've accomplished. It doesn't matter. All the things, valedictorian, blah, blah, varsity letters, you know, like whatever, all of these things. Um, but it's still only a really, you've still been on the planet for a limited amount of time, which even though, you know, we can agree that, you know, learning has been accelerated uh, within society by mm. technology, by how much experience has been accumulated by others in the past and shared forward. Yep. Um, so we can agree on that, but still, time is time. Oh yeah. And if we just relate it to this notion of, you know, coming to the idea that you want to run a 100 mile race, right? Yeah. That. There's gotta you gotta have a lot of fucking years in order to even address this challenge. Yeah, you might be able to do well, hundreds pretty fucking far. I'm guessing and I don't know where the what the limit is. Yeah. I'm guessing everybody can every fucking buddy can do a marathon for sure. Yeah. Then you get up to 30 miles and make that 30 miles, you know, instead of 26, make those 30 miles on a trail with a lot of elevation elevation. gain. Yeah. Man, certain filter comes down. A hundred percent. And and it, and it takes just a lot more experience and accumulated physical history to be able to address that yep. go to 50 miles mm, man does that mean that the, the the pool of people for whom that experience is available has been cut in half
1: i don't know the number i don't know either yeah.
0: but you know spec- is, you know yeah. and then you move it to 100 Oh man, a small fucking pool and yet these races and I say a small fucking pool and yet these races fucking have, sell out I in know. 7 minutes overnight, you know. But, exactly.
1: <laughs> um,
0: yeah. But but the, but this idea of and and you're a physically capable and experienced person. Yeah. And to and to watch you realize like oh, okay, there is a process of doing this. Yeah. And But watching you prepare for back to back 50 K's like your appreciation of what it's going to take. But then also knowing that these things are being these two races back to back one weekend (laughs) um, are being packed into a professional life. Yeah, where not only do you want to do the races, Mm. but then you also want to only give yourself one to one and a half days off before you know, having to go out and do your craft of shooting images and yeah. providing images for a commercial company, yeah. you know, in and, and then to come back from that and that, that 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 particular job, you know, you drive back from the races and then you get on an airplane, and you fly to the East Coast and you got to do the work and then you come home and then maybe now, maybe now after all of that, uh, um, you get to sort of coast for a little bit and relax and try and recover from what you have just done to yourself. <laughs> and so this is I I think a really fascinating thing: these physical challenges that we hold in extremely high regard. Yeah. uh, Sometimes, like I think, a lot of times those those challenges and the the achievement of them, the successful, the fulfillment of them for a professional athlete i don't give this not interesting to me yeah someone who just does that all the time yeah so unless you're absolutely pushing the human limits and dragging other human beings uh, you know along with you up with you higher with you by way of your accomplishment the process the communication afterwards the humility and the humanity of it and 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 sharing that with other people do you drag them up Unless you're doing that, if you're just in it for your fucking ego, (sighs) that's not interesting. Mm -mm. Watching someone do that and integrate it into, you know, their lives or say, you know, talking with people after you know, these events at the finish line, like, what's your life like? Well, you know, I do this, I do this. You know, I took a week off in order to come out here. You know, my kids are with, you know, their dad or, you know, their mom or whatever, so I can do these things right now. And I realize fully what I'm sacrificing in my relationship with my family in order to, you know, have this experience, but, you know, I really want to do it. This is a fascinating thing, how people integrate these types of challenges And the process of training and preparing for them, um, into and alongside the fact that they got to fucking make a living. Yeah. And you know, when you do that, when you work for yourself, um, it's 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 really something.
1: Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I mean,
0: I mean, Blair Speed, you're tough and stubborn
1: a hundred percent and your heart is huge
0: <laughs> thank you and sometimes you what do they call it is it like overscheduling, scheduling over committing me it,
1: <laughs> no one is ever surprised well, when that, they that's, when that's I tell them sure. what my week looks like Yeah. um so I'm gonna step back a couple of rock jumps yes and so anyone who knows me pretty much knows that I want to run a hundred mile race and I think for a long time I wasn't too comfortable talking about that because I hadn't done certain rock steps along the journey to prepare for that. And so it just seemed far away and it didn't seem like something I wanted to open up to, you know, but I've been running since I was 11 years old and grew up in a, in a running family. And, and when I was younger in the sport, and I mean that in, in my earth age, and I also mean that in my journey through the sport, I was a younger self, and I would think of myself as a runner, and I really don't even think about myself as a runner, even though I love to run, and I run almost every day. Um, but I like because of my personality, I will I'll, I'll fight a lot against that identity, or you know, even I'll just be in cotton t-shirts instead of running gear because I just Cause want to, you don't need a fucking uniform because I don't want the uniform at all, <laughs> you <Yeah>, know. <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. But you don't want to have a carabiner hanging off of your fanny pack.
1: No. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, um, I think it was and 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 ran my whole life. And in two thousand and thirteen, my childhood friend um, Ashley, she really wanted to run a hundred miler, and so she entered Leadville. And <laughs> and this was the year that they oversold it to such the nth degree that there was way too many humans there. They've since changed it as far as I know. And it's a much more pleasurable experience. And I was just really fortunate because she's a phenomenal athlete. And so she won it. And so I didn't... She wanted
0: to run a hundred mile race. (laughs) She entered Leadville and she won it.
1: And so I just have to tell the story and I won't use names, but I'm at the first like aid station, which is, I don't know, you're somewhere around Mystic Lake and... It's not that. It's like seven to 11 miles. I oh, you
0: should fucking use names because, you know, know, some so. people deserve.
1: And so a very famous runner was running this race and his wife was crewing. And, and I hear that they're phenomenal people and we all have rough days. Anyway, so I'm like, all, I'm all set <laughs> up. Oh my, Blair Speed, you're so kind. I'm all, I mean, it's true though. I'm all like set up yes. at the aid station and I'm nervous, you know, like for Ashley, I want to like support her. And all of a sudden, this woman comes and stands directly in front of me. And I'm like, what the fuck? And so I'm like, hey, I'm just here humaning right behind you. If you wouldn't mind just stepping six inches to the right, you won't be blocking me from my runner. And this woman like whips around and turns at me. And she goes, do you have a front runner? And I was like, yeah, I got a fucking front runner. Anyway. And she might beat your husband. And she almost did. This super, 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 super famous runner who has many books and anyway ashley was just a couple minutes behind him so every aid station for 90 i'm not good at math three 93 more miles (laughs) i would just arrive and i just go hey what's up yeah i got a front runner (laughs) you know anyway the point of this is so no names
0: used leadville (laughs) 20 2013 you can figure it out but everyone
1: has bad days it's cool everyone has bad days Yeah. yeah and uh fucking plenty (laughs) and yes same and so it was just this really profound experience to crew for someone doing something so exceptional and and she did it and she won it and sometimes she'll run Leadville and she'll run under 20 hours I have no doubt and um it it really impacted me and I crewed for a number of hundred milers uh, after that for for good friends for my friend Gina and And just to like watch people come into the aid stations and watch their families and friends take care of them. It's a very emotional, the team aspect of the 100 miler really attracts me. I've done a lot of races. I'm not a huge person that loves, or I'm not a person that is huge into racing. It's a lot for me. I feel the other people a lot, and, and I just like to play in the mountains. But this is an experience, I mean, since then, that I've wanted to walk and run closer towards and so eight years ago I did a 50 miler and really enjoyed that experience and it was actually in in 2019 I entered well 2018 I entered the LaSalle's 100 miler oh yeah. I forget what that one's called I don't even know if it still exists anyway Travis and I were skinning uh Bridger Bowl before they opened it was like some holiday before the the ski resort opened and I like set my alarm because this hundred miler registration opened at X time and you have to sign up within the first, you know, seven yeah. minutes or it's sold out. And so I, I made sure we skied up high enough to where I'd have service. And I entered this hundred mile race in 2018. And then that was like, began the journey. And, and a big part of that for me then was like each month I would. So I thought of it by, 10 repeats, 10, 10 mile repeats. And so that's how I thought of the 100 mile race. And so I was like, okay, I have. What's the
0: uh, rest interval? 10 mile, you know.
1: (laughs) You don't get one until the end. Then you get a long rest.
0: So it's not really an interval. It's what you're saying.
1: Uh, Mental, mental. I'm going to tell you the mental interval. Okay.
0: Okay, lit on me. Okay,
1: so at the time, it was like 10 months into the race. And so I was like, well, every month I can dedicate to a person. Or like I can bring this person with me with training and think about they how they've impacted me. Think about how they changed my character. Think about what I want to give to them or what they've given me. And I'll do my training runs and then I'll write about this person for this whole month. And so that's what I did for 2019 And I think, uh, well, I do know, and I don't think I know that the first person that I dedicated that to was to my Grammy, my mother's mom. And uh, my Grammy was really afraid to travel and she didn't leave her apartment very often, honestly. And so I only met her, you know, maybe three times in my life because she didn't travel. But I just so deeply connected with her and she was an introvert and I'm a secret introvert and she just loved to read and I I could just be me and, and nothing more was asked of that. Like I I didn't have to um arrive or show or talk in any way. I could just sit and be quiet next to her and it was completely fine. And I was like, here's this woman who had this impact on me, you know, who gave me my mother, uh, and she was afraid to begin things, so I'll begin this and I'll bring her with me and she can be part of the start of that journey. And so that's how that began I'm just talking about this this race <laughs> that did not happen and so but you know I wanted to get to it because an important part of it and part of this like tying together you know um here uh, on the nonprofit podcast you know you and I talked um in depth about my personal life and my journey with Travis which means a lot to me episode uh, 154 I yes. believe. Uh, and and if you haven't listened to that episode um, this is one of the few times in my life when I'll tell people what to do because I would most often rather just stand in awe of our differences. But if you haven't listened to that, you should just stop this podcast and go and listen to that one. Uh, and then jump and then jump back in. Then just come join us on this journey. And just come join us on this journey. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and since I'm
0: totally willing to tell other people what to do, I'll just say, if you go listen
1: to that, bring a Kleenex. <laughs> and so... One of those months, you know, I had dedicated my training to Mark, who I didn't know personally at the time, Um, but Travis, my husband, uh, at that point, we'd been together for almost for 10 years. And, you know, Travis's first gift to me um, was Forget Me Not, which is a book by Jenny Low Anchor. Uh, And he's and Travis told me, you know, if you're going to live in Bozeman it's your responsibility to know the history here. And this is a big part of our history, especially if you're going to go and be in the mountains. And so he gave me that book and, and I loved it. I still have his note in there um, from it. And and Travis's second gift to me was kiss or kill, which is a book that Mark wrote. Uh, And, and, and we didn't get to Travis's and Mark's deep connection uh, in episode uh, 154, because for me, it was important to tell, my own story and my story with Travis and Travis's own story. And that had its place there. Um, but Travis was deeply connected uh, with Mark throughout his life. And and, and uh, Mark's writing meant and means a lot to Travis. And so Travis's second gift to me was kiss or kill. And throughout our relationship, you know, we'd read Mark's writing, whether it was um, kiss or kill or extreme alpinism, or um, we would le- read it on his old Jim's website. Uh, and that was a big part of the things that Travis and I would talk about. And then so for this 100 mile race, I decided to dedicate one of my months to Mark. And I just have this like, distinct memory of Travis and I just running around the burbs and uh, Bozeman, Montana and in, in nonprofit, Mark and Michael had just started uh, to do symposiums at the space. And, and Travis, I, everyone who knows him already knows this. And, and for those that don't know him, I, I wish that you had the chance because he truly was like this like giant, beautiful, occasionally giggly Buddha. Like he just had this depth of wisdom and experience that is otherworldly. And so he was often the one to provide incredible perspective for me or um, words or support. And honestly, he could just rock my world because I would get stuck in these habit loops. And, and he would just say something and I'd be like, oh, man, damn. But we were out for this run. And, you know, I told Travis, you know, you should go to one of those symposiums. Like you should go and meet Mark. And Travis, we're like running and Travis is like, you know, you're not supposed to, maybe you're not supposed to meet your heroes or maybe you're not supposed to meet your idols. Like what if they let you down or or what if they disappoint you? They've, they've been these beacons, these, these lights, these lighthouses for you throughout your life. And, you know, when, when we're experiencing life, it can sometimes feel like we don't have a lot of people on our side, which isn't necessarily the truth, but sometimes we feel that. And so if there's somebody that you can look up to and, and can join you on that journey, especially when you feel alone, it's a really special experience. And Mark had been that person for Travis. And so in uh, a rare moment when I got to provide a different perspective or support uh, for Travis, I just told him, you know, let Mark be human and love him anyway, which isn't that the gift that we could all give to one another. Uh, and, and so because of this run that Travis and I did, I uh, dedicated, I think it was March, <laughs> miles to Mark and, and his impact on this person that I loved uh, so deeply. And, uh, and I, kept, I kept training for the 100 miler. And, and just like you mentioned, blending in life, that same girlfriend I talked about, you know, I went to North Carolina to do this big shoot with her for that commercial company. And her and I ran a bunch and then we ran a race at the end of this, like, you know, four days of shooting and we've run, I don't know, 70 miles that week. And then we decided to enter this race nonchalantly and who knows how far it was. It was between 15 and 20 miles. And uh, we did really great in the race. I mean, Ashley probably won it. Let's be honest. And uh, <laughs> I was, I was like probably fourth, right? I mean, for sure. I mean, fourth if, place queen. If, if you were anywhere. <laughs> and um, you know, it wasn't long after that that Travis died, and that sucked. Uh, and so, obviously, uh, the hundred-mile race was. a a blip it was immediate like if we talk about time it, it became the tiniest dot somewhere out on the horizon of what doesn't even matter at that point and uh and I've just now recently gotten to a point with physicality and with sport you know we're over three years since Travis died and 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 navigating a global pandemic after he died and the estate and running my own business after, during a global pandemic, and and everything associated with that, uh, and and the physicality of grief and mourning. Having a little bit of time and space from that, I'm just now beginning to put my eyes back towards that dot on the horizon, which isn't so small of a dot any longer. Yeah, what you're gonna say?
0: Yeah. I, I was just gonna say is something about the, the you know the physicality of grief and the cost of loss yeah that we don't necessarily account for in a in our relationship with the physical with our physical self
1: yeah and,
0: and then you're like yeah this i mean obviously you have a, a a thing which you artificially set up as an objective yeah and you make that thing matter yeah we arbitrarily as human we as human beings we arbitrarily assign importance, yeah, and we can stick with those illusions and that fantasy of these things that we do being important until real life comes along and shows you what the fuck is important, yes, and that is. I mean, I would say that of the first two gifts that draft gave you of those books, <laughs> that they are all about yeah this the things that are in it, that 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 are truly important versus the things that we sort of maybe imagine build up yeah as and 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 we don't and and we get to live in our worlds of illusion yeah I'll say. It's it's not the illusion that Santa Claus is around, right? Um, it's the illusion that we can determine what matters.
1: <sighs> That's good. <laughs> which which we can't. I mean, we
0: navigate our lives and we assign importance to different things, and to you know, and in and, and and a lot of times we assign those thing the, the the importance to those things, and then we pursue those things, and the process of pursuing um preparing pursuing them preparing for them um, maybe then brings us the the important sort of universal lessons along the way but it wasn't the end goal it wasn't the achievement that the achievement got us off the couch yeah. the achievement got us thinking the achievement got us over you know preparing and trying to overcome and maybe eventually hopefully overcoming uh, uh and but, but, the, but the, the the goal, the thing in and of itself in the end didn't fucking matter.
1: Right. It's the Ithaca Be, poem. The, hold that thought.
0: Yeah. Because it's, as you said, with a, the, the teamwork of a 100-mile race is what matters. Oh, okay. And when we've been talking about it, and you're talking about oh, these are the people I want for my crew. These are the people that I want to have there for, as, as, as pacers, because you can have a pacer after 50 miles. Yeah. And I'm just like... That's the important thing. Oh. It's not like to cr- the crossing of the finish line and the having done the 100-mile race yeah. or whatever. It is you are already preparing the process. Yeah. And I think this is, this is the thing that's missing. And I mean, when people set the goal and they make the goal the most important thing, yeah. it takes a very rare goal... To show someone that the process of preparing for, training for, aiming at, executing, whatever, that's the important part. You cross the finish line, it doesn't fucking matter. Everything
1: meaningful happened long before that. Oh, yeah. And, and, and the crew part is like such a special part for me. Again, having crewed 100-mile races before, I mean, it's... It's like you create your own cosmos and, you know, the five of you exist within it and you're working together and everybody's putting all of their energy and love into this one person who is, who has taken the time to physically and emotionally and mentally prepare for this experience. And then who in front of their eyes is stripping away all pretense, stripping yes. away
0: the idea of achievement and just being in the thing at the time. And I think this is part of, I'm going to flip back to climbing for just a second is that like people see the, 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 the the image of the person standing up with, you know, on the top with their arms raised and they think that's the important thing. Yeah, But it's like, however you got there, you were by yourself, no oxygen, blah, blah, blah. You were part of a fucking team you know, that helped you get there that you later didn't acknowledge because I fucking hate you. Um, uh, and th- no, I'm saying that, that you didn't acknowledge because I understand human behavior. And the thing that I hate is the person who doesn't acknowledge. Completely. Um, and which I've done in the past. I've you know, been guilty, so I'm a little bit of a hypocrite. But hey. Um, it's also but- the learning Oh yeah, we're fucking human. Yeah. It didn't spring fully formed exactly. and sometimes you got to, you know, burn your hand <laughs> to, to, to learn, times. but uh, over and over actually. Uh, um but but it's like the mistaking of the, you know, the crossing the finish line is the important thing. Yeah. versus because that's the understandable moment. That's the a moment where you can like superimpose your own face on that other person or your, you know, and 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 recognize like ah, this is achievement. But you don't see the fucking nine months, nine years, whatever it was, that allowed that thing to occur. Oh yeah. And so these, we, you know, you have these iconic images or 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 totems, if you will, that represent the decade of preparation. Yeah. And too often, because of how we are as humans right now, we think the totem is the thing. Yeah like we think that, that that it's it's that because nobody wants to talk about the fucking 10 years. Yeah. This is where I I I, I think why I think it is important to discuss these ideas so that people can understand that the, end the, the 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 steps on the way. Yeah. As you mentioned. Are the are the things. Yeah. And that result and you think it's like yeah this is a fucking great achievement this is the you know most important thing of my entire life <laughs> You're like, well you ain't dead yeah so, so at some point uh, it's not gonna be the most important this thing this is awkward <laughs> yeah but it's not awkward until five years later yeah. when you look back and you realize like fuck i elevated the achievement yeah. to a status that was non representative of my life. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be identified with the thing standing on the top with my arms raised because it's bullshit. It's the how you got, how you reached that point that is, that is interesting, that is transformative, that is, that is teaching, that is um, something that one might share. It's like standing on top, who gives a fuck? Unless, you know, obviously you got a book deal out of it and that's a different thing. Um, then you have to make then you get the fucking book deal because you had your arms raised at a certain time or whatever. Um, then unfortunately you're obliged to make that thing more important than it is. And you got to live that for, you know, for a long time afterwards.
1: Well, and that's when we evolve from focusing on character to becoming caricatures. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: The person who did the one thing Yeah, that, they were so closely associated to... But
1: there's the, there's, the, not, there's the, not a... That
0: the, they dropped anchor, that they can't leave. Yeah. There was a climber back in the day that um, got associated with one particular event. Yeah. He was on the receiving end of said event, let's say, and he wrote a beautiful book about it. Yeah. Still fully anchored in it. And... I still have things in my lessons in my head from that book, things that he taught. So it wasn't a completely in, you know, not valuable. Oh yeah. Experience, but the guy, but he dropped anger. Yeah. And then couldn't get on with it. And I think that's the, that's the difficulty, you know, or one of the cha- human sort of challenges with tying identity to a particular experience is that you is that you don't move on. That you don't evolve that. You don't just like, Hey, uh, it's one stone on the go board. Yeah. So to speak, it's one piece on the chess board for people who don't know what go is. Um, and, and like, this is just, it's, it's a thing, but when you get anchored to th- that achievement, either before it actually happens or long after it has done so yeah, has, has, has happened you get anchored to it then you don't grow you're you're stuck you're fucked and you you start to um, devalue the process of achieving in relation to the supposed achievement
1: yeah and i think that i think part of my own journey within that would be i would like build up these these end goals or these quote unquote achievements and then and then they would just become too big. They were more than what they actually were. And then it was difficult to arrive on the day to, to meet them. And now I'm just at this point with more appreciation and gratitude for what they actually are and, and not making them bigger than they actually, I mean, you know, a, a community race is a community race, you know, like it's, whether it's a, what I'm saying is, I recognize its place in my life and that it means a lot to me and I love it. And also it's this thing that I get to go do. Uh, and it's, it's not the end definition. And the thing that
0: you get to prepare for and that you get yeah. to assign a month of training to a particular individual, or you could just sign certain miles yeah. to, you know, to, for, for, to to cover and reflect upon the that particular individual and their importance and relationship. You know, in in life, which means that the process of achieving, yeah. trying to achieve, the process of trying to achieve is wholly integrated into, you know, two real lives. So I can't consider something separate. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, um, it's part
1: of what makes it so powerful. I agree completely. And I think. Separating it from my worth, and the sense of the final product, right? Like the 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 incorporation of it throughout my day to day is what I really love. Like, I just love to be out there, and I I love to think about people that move and care about me, and and then I just get to have more fun on quote unquote race day. And I don't know whether I'm having this big impact or this big experience with that because of what I've gone through in life and whether that's a personal or sport or it's all of it combined, which is more often closer to the truth. I was going to say, you (laughs) just said life. Yeah, exactly. It's all encompassing. It's all all (laughs) encompassing. Or the fact that it's part of this bigger, bigger goal that I'm not at, right? Like, so I want to run a hundred miler. And and this year was beginning to move back towards that. And so I got to do a couple of races. And when I've had bigger goals in the past, You know, I, I always think like if I have a big goal and let's just say it's a race and then, you know, the past couple of years has just been, it's just been bigger mountain experiences. And actually I didn't really have, so, so when I used to only pick races, I would like train for this race and I would do the race and then I would get, you know, pretty sad after it. And I would say it's kind of like losing a friend because you had this you know you had this point you had this friend on this journey that you took for so long like this friend met you every day you had to do your training and and this goal that you were going for was was the friend that you met every day and you would do your training you go to the mountains or you go to the gym or you know you eat or drink a certain way or, or you change your sleep schedule because you're going or to do meet a your, little stroga do i used to be better about the stroga <laughs> and uh and you have this stroga strength yoga or stretching yoga. Stretching, stretching, stretching. yoga. Sorry. Stretching. Yeah. Strength. Strength. Stroga
0: would be strength yoga. Yeah, that's that exactly. Yeah. Stroga. <laughs> yeah. That'd be Rodney Yee. Yeah. Dating myself. But anyway. Yeah,
1: yeah I just pretended to know what that was. Yeah. And so so when I used to just do races, I would have that kind of experience. You know, I'd, I'd meet this friend, which is, uh, I don't know if I've made it obvious, but this Basically, imaginary friend of a goal every day. <laughs> but it's not and, even...
0: But, but the goal, th- th- that imaginary friend is, is not imaginary. T- it's yeah, in it's, you all the time. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're you're recovering for, you know, to, 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 to improve your relationship with that, you know, imaginary friend. Yep. You're eating to improve your relationship with that imaginary friend. Yep. You're f- doing physical effort to, you know, sort of modify, shape, steer... You know that relationship, and if that's and if that's how you look at it, um,
1: well, then that's how you live it. Oh, yeah. And And then I would, and then I'd have the, then I would actually meet my goal on the race day, and then days would pass, and then I'd get sad. seriously, your
0: goal was fourth
1: all the time. Fuck you! (laughs) I finally got it. I finally
0: (laughs) fucking got it. This spinkle I've been trying. For so long, do you get that response? I know that. Is I've tried it. it, you know, in the gym, there with it assigning is. certain workouts, and I nope, just got love fuck you, <laughs> you <laughs> in a respectful, loving kind of way.
1: Hundred percent. And so, fourth place, queen. Uh, <laughs> do you do this just to like? I even Mark okay. jokes that I always get fourth place because it's the only not prime number under five between one and five. Yeah. 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 And uh, uh, okay, so I would do these, and then I would get really sad after the goal because I missed my friend that I had like met and gone on this journey with, and I would have this really like sad time afterwards. What yeah. next? What now? I is know. like
0: th- the hardest question, except there are two questions <laughs> um, <laughs> after the th- the the thing. It is such it's a devastating like let down in a way. Oh, I mean, let down for sure. I don't want to say in a way. I was just like, that's the only terminology I had in my mouth at the time. No,
1: I agree completely. But then what we were talking about before, you know, the person that you love most and the, like your person dies and you realize what matters and you begin to see some of the things that don't matter. I mean, instantaneously, you know, it doesn't matter, but culture and, and family and, and, and I'm in life and our friends and, and, and people that we don't connect with all begin attaching to you again. And, and you forget exactly what matters and what doesn't matter all of the time. A lot of times too, I think in, you know,
0: in the preparation for like on your journey with your imaginary friend, yeah. um, that journey and your focus upon it changes your relationship to your real friends.
1: Yeah, but what do you mean, explain? And yeah.
0: Let's just say the simple way yeah. to explain it <clears throat> has nothing to do with sport. The simple way to explain it is like you have the new intimate partner, and it's so fucking intense yeah, that you don't call your friends back when it. they call you, and they used to. But, man, <laughs> you are just down with this Perfect. not imaginary physical person. Yeah. And then they go away, and then the then the then they were like, "Yeah, fucking burned a little too hot and pretty fucking fast." And now it's over. And then you gotta recover your relationship. Oh her, yeah, with your real friends because this this imaginary friend came along, rocked your fucking world, and then it didn't work out or whatever. And I think that's, um, you know, there is a, a sport equivalent to that in a way of where you get fucking focused on yep. the imaginary friend, the actual goal. Yep. And in the process of working nearer to that, preparing for that, you know, the one day when you're going to get it on with your imaginary friend, oh, yeah. you're preparing, you're preparing. And then, and other people who are not on the journey with you are just, they get a, they, they get secondaried. You didn't mean to? Oh. But you were you know, there was no intent there. It was just like man. I'm
1: well, in my personal experience, a lot of my friends are incredibly active in a lot of different ways. And so, a lot of the physical journeys I've been on have been with them. I've been able to yeah. like they've supported me and we we've, we've done runs or gym. It's actually been it's been relationship building in those in, and and for and unfortunately, I mean that kind of dictates you know, where I spend my time because I love to Maybe do you're these just things. giving me the slow burn. I am burn. giving you the slow, I'm about to go further though. Okay, so. let's do it. And so, <laughs> and so it's, it's been a, a strengthening part of those relationships and also, uh, and I want to, okay, before I jump to how much I feel those relationships send me love on the day that I do these things, which is a tremendous experience for me, I want to say that A hard part of what you're talking about, I haven't necessarily felt in sport, but since Travis has died, I have put work first in a big way in my life, and that's because my Travis, I mean, he took care of us, and and he was by far the breadwinner of the family, and then he died, and I will just say, in the state of Montana, the system is not built to help uh, who is left. Uh, and it has been a very difficult and an extraordinarily extraordinarily expensive and incredibly frustrating process. And the amount that estate lawyers uh, and the government, the amount of money that they make off of people who die is absolutely repulsive. Uh, but if that's the well, end, just if, the
0: fucking newspaper, is like as the first thing, yeah, totally. It's like someone dies, you got to pay him. What is it? $600 yeah. to pl- place an ad in the newspaper saying they died. Yeah, not an ad. And so that's a notice.
1: so if that's the intent that they want to bring to this world, and that's a decision that they have made in the, the lives that they will lead. Uh, but because of
0: these And guess what? They're politicians, so nobody's got any responsibility. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. They're safe. They're
1: safe. Yeah. Or there are state lawyers that think they're way more important than they are. And so um because of because of living these experiences, I have prioritized work to the nth degree. And uh and some people can understand that and and, and some people fortunately can't because they haven't been faced to, uh, which I understand. Um, but in that way, that is where I felt strains in relationships. Uh, it's because of your focus on that, not, not Not, on the, not not on on the, on the the sort of physicals you mean it's, it's, it's,
0: you know, real life coming in like, (laughs) Hey, remember all the fun shit we used to do? Yeah, I
1: do remember that (laughs) (laughs) before my husband died and I lost so much money. So (laughs) I do remember that. If I'm not (laughs) answering your texts, uh, it's because the four line of my check reads profiteers of death. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then ping ponging back to these physical ex- like efforts. Well, one after Travis died, um, it was mainly these big mountain efforts. And I got to share those with, with people I love so deeply in this world. It was. Didn't do the hundred mile race that
0: you've been preparing for. Exactly. But you did something better. What's that? I mean, more important. Yeah. Because it was also important to trap. The picnic. That he always wanted to do, which yeah. is the picnic. Yeah. This is not a red and white checked picnic in a basket. <laughs> as cool as that is.
1: Yeah. yeah. You got your
0: basket, you got your little red and white thing, some wine, some cheese, maybe everything you need to make a little sandwich. <laughs>
1: yeah
0: um no different different picnic yeah i mean fuck a hundred mile race
1: oh well in that moment oh i agree and i think that those experiences are so profound and 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 they've changed me in so many ways
0: you got to share that with was the most important part
1: yeah exactly you do the thing but it's the people who are with you
0: either in your head or physically with you.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, training for the picnic. So this is what we're talking about is the Teton picnic. And, and we don't, uh, we've told the story before, but yeah. but just so it's, you bike from Jackson Hole to Ginny Lake, you swim across Ginny Lake, you climb the Grand Teton, you come down the Grand Teton, you swim back across Ginny Lake, you bike back to Jackson. This is a goal Travis had. And had... you go to the silver dollar bar. Uh, and you <laughs> <Or> eat. <laughs> whatever yeah. it's called. And uh, Uh, so it was a cowboy bar.
0: It has silver dollars in the bar. I can't remember. I don't know. Too long. Antler arch.
1: Antler arch. Yeah. Yeah. And so this was something that Travis wanted to do for a really long time. And so, I mean, this was, you know, Travis died in July of 2019 and we entered a global pandemic the end of February of 2020. Uh, And so that was a really brutal life experience. And, uh, and I just, you know, I reached out to Joey and Jackson and I asked them if they would, you know, train for the Teton picnic and they agreed to enthusiastically. They also
0: probably said, we don't need to train for that. (laughs) They're studs, (laughs) don't you understand? I mean, they
1: are studs a (laughs) hundred percent and they probably didn't have to. I mean, Jackson may be on the swimming part, (laughs) but he would just do laps around us and everything else. Um, I did promise him that we would never have to swim again. Perfect. But you never know. You never know. If I offer him some glow sticks, he might be into it. Um, And, and this is part of it. Like the day was like so magical, but more importantly for that point in my life, like, you know, meeting Joey and Jackson for beers in the evening to talk about things or meeting them at the lake to swim across or going to do climbs like on the day to day for me, who was at this point when, you know, the love of my life and my husband, I don't even know still how he's not here. And at that point, I really didn't understand it. And then we're in this world, and you can't be around anybody. And, and all of my work was gone. And I'm in such the depths of dealing with the estate stuff. It was a really hard experience. And in these moments to like look forward, you know, to seeing them and going for runs or climbing or swimming, it was a really a saving grace in my life. And, um, and that journey was so powerful. And, you know, I didn't have, you know, I was like, I didn't have this profoundly additional sadness on top of all the other sadness after that event, And I think it is because it was like the appreciation of that whole journey, that whole experience with them.
0: Almost like it was, you know, you're not, um, it's not this, it's
1: not the hands up like, yeah, I did this thing experience. Yes, Yeah.
0: exactly. And it wasn't a thing that you had been preparing for as a great achievement.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, I don't even think of that as an achievement. I'm like, I'm going to cut, I'm going to cut it once again. Just like.
0: The Swedish fellow, and I can't remember his name, Goran or something, uh, uh, who biked from Sweden to Nepal, climbed Everest, and then biked back. It's like, dude, when I get down to Everest, I ain't even halfway done. I gotta ride my bike home. Ah,
1: uh, but that's so creative. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, that's so amazing. And also
0: a, a really interesting manipulation of the you know, of the iconism, mm. if you will,
1: of achievement. Yeah.
0: Where every, where the idea of the summit, the finish line. Whereas the some thing, people would
1: want a plane to take them higher on the mountain to make it less of a journey to get to the top. <laughs> you know, I've never heard of this. <laughs> yeah. What you can do that? <laughs> yeah. You don't have to. Yeah. But it's just like
0: to take that again, to take that that out of it. It's yeah. like, yeah, you did it. You got there, but now you're just like, ain't nobody gonna. Hold me down, (laughs) wrap a blanket around me right now and tell me I'm cool and I'm loved and I'm seen. No, dude, get your ass, which is probably a little sore from having ridden there back on that bike and, you know, get home. I mean, it's like a really,
1: it's incredible,
0: but also it should be a lesson in the idea of that. The process is important, and the high point is not necessarily where the value is.
1: No, and no, exactly. Well, and so in these journeys, so it was like the Teton picnic, which was incredibly special. And then, I don't know, half a year, less than half a year after that, I had some girlfriends. Um, reach out to me and they were like, "Will you would you like to do the REM de REM de REM with us, which is back and forth across the Grand Canyon and, ba, ba, da, ba, ba, ba. and it was just super fun. And so I had done, as you remember, I hiked the Grand Canyon in fall of 2020 or, or into September of 2020. Yep. So I'd hiked across it and that was like, you know, I went with a group of friends and we we're just hiking across it and I took a big pack because I had my camera stuff and I wanted to take pictures for people. And so I knew what the Grand Canyon was like. So when my girlfriends asked me if I want to do the rim downhill doing, for 4,000 vertical holy feet, holy shit. <laughs> and then back and then across and then back up. Yeah. And so when my girlfriends were like, do you want to, would you like to run the rim to rim to rim with us? I was like, fuck no I don't and then I waited like 33 seconds and then I was like all right yeah I'd love to do that with you guys I want to spend time with you and so I was like I'm in and then all of a sudden pink new friend that I get to go on this journey with I had that as a goal and um and so I got to like go on this run with these girlfriends and whatever route we took, I wasn't wearing a watch at the time, so I was dependent on other people's, but we ended up running for, like, 53, 54 miles. And we did amazing. Like, we had such an incredible experience. That
0: video of Shelby getting back to the, you know, the, the, a, the parking lot.
1: Uh, like, it's a man. It's amazing. Yeah. You know like we I oh god I'm I wish I I should have like read a few things to remember what trails we were on. We went down. Oh. <laughs> when we went down, we went down the less popular trail which is all built in stairs. And so I didn't realize I didn't realize 4000 feet of descent on set st- hard stairs would feel at the bottom like maybe my calf was ripped off of my legs. <laughs> and so <laughs> And then we ran um across the valley a little way, and this woman passes us. and and as we talked about with races, like races are an overwhelming experience for me because I feel human beings very deeply. And this is part of the reason I'm good at my job with photography is I feel people deeply. And so that shows in my pictures. This means that races can be really overwhelming experiences for me because I feel everybody around me. And that that means that sometimes I move away from people on the trail because they are not good juju. (laughs) (laughs) Don't take my
0: good juju. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm, I'm moving over here. Exactly.
1: And so... (laughs) And so we joke about, you know, like sometimes you're on the trail and this person passes you and you just like flick them off because they're just an asshole. And then sometimes someone passes you and I'll like put my hand on my heart because I'm like, oh, that's a good person. And so this like woman runs past us and Heidi and I both put our hands on our heart and we're like, oh oh my God, I love her. And she ended up stopping, I don't know, a hundred feet from us. Like she didn't go far at all. And she waited for us to catch up. She's like, what are you guys doing? And we're like, we're doing rem de rem de rem. She's like, I am too. Can I run with you? And that's how we met our best friend, Justine, <laughs> so who ended up living in Salt Lake City. And so now I get to run with her regularly. And she's just absolutely amazing. And so, you know, the four of us women got to have this really incredible experience. And uh, halfway across the valley, a raven was like waiting in the middle of the path for us. And we go up, we come across, we go back up. And we spent half a day together you know, running rim to rim to rim. And those mountain experiences with people I love were a really great journey for a couple of years. Yeah. How do you end up choosing the races that you do do? So this year, this past year, what I had really wanted to do honestly was to run the Wonderland trail around Rainier. And that had been a big goal of mine. And uh, I wanted to do that experience but I like to share these things with people that I love and I just sort of realized with my own life and with other people's lives that that just wasn't going to work out for this year uh, and I wanted something to look forward to this year and so I knew with the amount of work and and I, I don't say that to belittle I know that people work extraordinary and, and they still do 100 miles Um, I will say, and, and people own their own businesses and they do that. For me, owning my own business and doing the physical part of photography and, and part of photography is, is when people hire a photographer, it's not nonchalantly, Uh, they're hiring them for either the most important day of their life or this incredibly important marketing campaign or, you know. It's it's a it's always an incredibly important and you can't fuck it up moment and so that's what my job is. <laughs> is uh, it sounds uh,
0: utterly free of
1: stress. Yeah, completely. Doctors have no
0: clue. No, just just a, kidding. Like a time clock or something. You have <laughs> yeah. to like punch in. There's no punching in. Just.
1: And, and it's there's
0: uh, only diving in there's only diving in <laughs> hands put behind your, your back yeah put your, yeah. hands
1: behind your back and then dive yeah and so
0: well, maybe there's like, water in the pool maybe not i don't know
1: yeah. and because of how i approached my work i just knew that this year with the amount of work that i had already scheduled and let alone the work that i can't say no to and just still accept anyway that a hundred mile race um i knew that i couldn't do the training and that i I wouldn't commit to the recovery. And that's the biggest issue with me is I don't, I, I, for this year, is I knew I wouldn't commit to the recovery needed uh, to arrive at that start line strong enough and also healthy and not uninjured. Plus,
0: uh, just the utter volume. Yeah. Which, when we say volume, we mean time. Yeah. And what it takes. You know, you're not on a fucking 10 hour a week training plan. No. To, do a race that might take you thirty hours. Yeah. So I mean, there there are um limitations involved with physics and gravity. And yeah like that. Exactly. Yeah.
1: You know, be make wise choices. And so, you know, and I have run the Rut vertical kilometer the past couple of years. And so I entered that, but just as like funsies for this year, like I just wanted to experience that as well. And and then You mean like I mean, like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then I wanted to find, I I felt lost earlier this year without a physical goal. I just felt like, what am I doing? Or I just didn't have.
0: I mean, we're not coming back to the rut this year. Oh, I would like to. Oh, okay. At some point. I mean,
1: I did really well. So, of course, I want to come back to it.
0: Okay. Well, you could just mention it right now. Okay. So. How did you finish? Well... No, 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 no. uh, This is just... I got fourth. And uh, in minutes, what was your total time? 69.
1: Fuck. Yeah. It took me a little while to realize that. Okay. And then one day I was like, Mark, I ran the VK in 69 minutes. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Mmm...
0: Uh, what were we talking about earlier? Uh, <laughs> races I, that I picked this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So now you're... <laughs> okay, wait. Before we get
1: to <laughs> the 50-50, can we talk about the VK though? And- okay. So, oh God, years. Five years ago? Four years ago? One of those. Four or five years ago, I did the VK for the first time. And the Rut VK, you run to the top of Lone Peak. So it's it's almost a 5K, but you also, you go up... Uh, More than a one thousand meters. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> whatever, exactly. It's terrain dependent. It is terrain. So it's it's two point eight miles, or it's between two point eight and three miles, and I don't know. You gain it's under four thousand feet. Um, it's like thirty six hundred to four to thirty seven, thirty eight. I don't know, somewhere around there. Whatever. whatever. Yeah, doesn't matter. Uh, you go up a mountain, and you know. So when I first did it four or five years ago, um. You know, I trained for it specifically, but I didn't train for it correctly. I still had a lot of f- I still had a lot of fun. All right, folks, and-
0: pause your your player and just sit on that for a second. Yeah. I trained for it specifically. I didn't train for it correctly.
1: Who else has been there? You should read some
0: Malcolm Gladwell books. I think he has all the answers. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs>
1: that's funny <laughs> yeah he's a funny guy yeah. <laughs> so anyway him we... and
0: that other fellow the four-hour work week guy who has recently redeemed himself actually oh
1: he's on his own journey yeah yeah i like yeah. his
0: journey he you know he was on his own journey then he was just wrong yeah. now he's on a better journey <laughs> a more correct journey can't wait to be on that guy's
1: podcast. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Anyway, anyway. so race day arrives, then we're getting to all of this. And the <laughs> important part of this is Travis spent $700 on lift tickets to bring him and five high. Oh, this is early babes. on. This is not this year. This no, is, no, no, no. This yeah. is the early on one. So Travis bought, bought all these um, lift tickets to go to the top of the mountain, and me sprayed a bottle of champagne. Anyway, running up there because there was all these people that I loved up there a difficult thing for me when I was younger um, was this fear of not being able to do what I knew I could do on the day of and then people thinking less of me or not loving me or not seeing not my perception that they wouldn't see my worth which means I just couldn't see my own worth and so that additional pressure was a lot of weight to carry, extra weight to carry, and so I didn't really do that great. Um, but you know, I got to meet. So,
0: so what you're saying is, the objective is to go uphill. Yeah, you shouldn't have a backpack, mm-hmm. either of physical weight or mm-hmm. of emotional or psychological weight.
1: Oh yeah, and I was really good at packing that on. You know, whether it be expectations or fear or.
0: Which is actually pretty amazing because you, know, you get a, like a real backpack in real life. Yeah. And it has like, oh, you can only put 30 liters.
1: Yeah, I could put in volume.
0: But when it's in
1: your head, you can bring whatever you want. You can bring all of it. You can bring all of it. All of it. And so, well, I guess that must have been 2018 because the next year, 2019, you ran as Travis. I ran as Travis. And so Travis would. I entered him in races all of the time, and if Travis had a big mountain goal, he would train for it because it was his goal that he picked, and he would, and he as well would prioritize work or search and rescue. Those were his top docs, and that's where he'd put his time and focus, which means he wouldn't always do um, physical training for a sports goal or fitness goal, He, but if he picked a mountain goal, he would do those things. But whatever race I entered him in, he would still just do it no matter what, even if he'd only been working the previous couple of months or building us a house by hand. Uh, He'd still run a 55K and then be fucked for a year after that. And so I'd entered Travis in the vertical kilometer that year because I knew he would do so well in it. Uh, but Travis died mid July and the vertical kilometer is the end of August, beginning of September. Labor Day. Labor Day.
0: Yeah. Friday before Labor Day. Yeah.
1: And so I had just shot, actually, I had just shot my biggest photo shoot ever. It was my first job back after Travis died. And so I was in Paradise Valley and I shot this huge shoot for five days and I was, the shoot ended the morning of the VK. So I didn't even, (laughs) this is classic Blair for you. And so I was like, I don't even know if I can make it in time. This is the classic two of you. Yes, Blavis. And so I get back to Bozeman and I text my next door neighbor, who's one of my dear friends, Christopher. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to eat a chocolate bar and then let's go to Big Sky. And so I ate a chocolate bar on the way to Big Sky and he drove me up there. He's an incredible man that I trust. And he we got or he got a lift ticket and he went to the top and I ran up to him and you know it was like just this really and in- But wait. Oh yeah, thank you. You have a you oh, have
0: yeah. a, a race number okay, so- a race entry for you can identify however you want, but it ain't your name
1: (laughs) no exactly okay so i was like like i care if i can ever race again like if i get disqualified from racing because i'm running as travis swanson i don't care like doing this means more to me than anything ever in the future and also knowing mike wolf i was like he will totally love if i ask for forgiveness over permission which i just yeah. have to because that's the travis way
0: so when you go to get your number so i had to tra- tra- you-
1: so from the act so travis must not have I, it's, it's hard for me to remember things right around the accident because my brain is just so much yeah so he must i mean of course i don't think he he didn't have his wallet on him the day of the accident it must have been left in his motorcycle or in the car that had driven there Uh, because I didn't get hardly anything back from the day of the accident, Uh, but I have his wallet. And so I have Travis's wallet, which somehow my brain worked enough to grab. And I was like, okay, Christopher has to pretend. I'm just throwing everyone's names under the bus yeah, for this. Way, Whatever. It's like, under what's, the that, bus, what's, that the bus, what's that law? What's that law when time has passed enough time? Uh, Whatever. Statute
0: of limitations. Oh, I yeah. I was, gonna, I was the just going to make
1: up. It was like Rosemary's law. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just
0: making it. Rosemary that. was awesome, but she had nothing to do with this <laughs> particular so, moment. So, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so Travis she had a baby or something. It's a and, giant, right?
1: So Travis is like, Six three, six four, two hundred and fifty pounds, six-inch ginger beard. And Christopher is like, I love you, Christopher. Or should I even guess? I mean like Just say not that. Just not that. Obviously not that. <laughs> it's like yeah. And he has a shaved face and blonde hair. And so I'm like, Christopher, you have to be Travis and get his number. They check IDs. And so Christopher hands the ID, Travis's driver's license to the checker. The guy looks at the ID. He looks up at Christopher. He looks at the ID. He's really confused. I jump in between Christopher and the guy and I go, oh, he just shaved baby face. Fuck. (laughs) And the guy hands me the number. And I was like, fuck yeah. Um, And so then that day I ran the race, but it obviously wasn't a race and, the Blair that I was then, I was like, oh, you all think this is physical pain? <laughs> like, this is nothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Your ski poles can't help you with real pain. Yeah, exactly. There yeah. Are,
1: there's such a difference between chosen pain and and pain that you just have to endure with life. Yeah. And a race is a chosen pain. And uh, and so, you know, I ran to the top and I I ran significantly faster, let's say 10 to 15 minutes faster than I had the year before, which is a significant improvement in that short of a a race. Yeah, And, um, I got to the top and finished it. And I, a girlfriend, uh, that I know in town ended up being like, you know, like we talked about, I feel people deeply in races and I, I ended up this woman who's just one, a phenomenal athlete, but uh, two, just an incredible person with a big heart. Uh, she ended up running right behind me and she kind of escorted me. Like she was like this like blocker of, you know, I don't, especially then it was difficult to be around people. Uh, and still sometimes now it is. And uh, she was kind of like this like, this like protector. Um, and we went up the mountain together. And then I got to the top and Mike Wolf was there and then he saw me and then he cried. And I was like, I guess this means I'm not in trouble. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, rules and regulations—you know—in <laughs> an artificial thing get kind of mutable when real life fucking happens. Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah. Then it was COVID, and then the next year you went with me, and um, and so Mark and I went up to the VK, and again I'd I'd sort of trained for it, but
0: I made Lone Peak my.
1: Bitch. so then, so that must've been the first race that you went to, that we went to together. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so, so Mark, um, has lived his life, um, hard and beautifully. And so his, uh, his, his body holds a lot of that. And so at at September, (laughs) 2021, uh, his ankle was in a lot of pain. Uh, but the lift was not working, and so Mark decided to do the VK ahead of me, um, with with his camera bag. And so um, I, mean, and, I left
0: the water bottle in the truck because that was too heavy.
1: And so he brought multiple cameras, and he also had a, a jar of Travis's ashes. And so there was no way that Mark wasn't going to go to the top of Lone Peak. So Mark takes off ahead of me and uh, and hikes up the mountain. And and we thought at that point that the ankle was. The biggest issue because it was so much pain, and 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 Mark shredded the last bit of his hip, uh, in in the ascent of of that mountain. But he made it to the top, took beautiful pictures along the way too. And you know, I think because I want to be the person that I think that Mark sees me as. Uh, I was carrying weight uh, that day as well, and and also I just I had been in fight or flight for a couple of years at that point and and worked uh so if you're
0: let's just yeah um so i don't start crying um so fight or flight that's like a really sort of strong and consistent i mean unresolved stress unresolved sort of conflict is is has, has a really huge cost and so, if you're in fight or flight for a really long time, you can't really, there is no recovery from effort. You could train all you want, but if you are in this emotional condition that doesn't er- allow a return to homeostasis, quote unquote, that's a great safe word, by the way, because no one can ever say it.
1: A Amalgamal, <laughs>
0: See, exactly.
1: And, um, and, So no matter
0: the quality of your training, if you can't manipulate or change your emotional state, then you can never recover from the training. And then training is not training. It's just, it is just more adding stress on top of stress on top of stress. Oh, yeah. And so whatever my sense of it is, whatever preparation you did, you were super fucking fit. Yeah. For that race, but but not prepared for the day
1: i wasn't prepared and you know and i'd gotten away it's with so much right and i say that That's it was a
0: such... curse of being so physically gifted sometimes
1: well and i say that with compassion to myself because i just did what had to be done for so long and my body arrived in a way that i could just keep doing it and i could keep doing these extraordinary things without sleeping and without eating and with and then when i started eating without eating well and I just got away with it for so long. And then that day arrived and I was so utterly a night like I wasn't just tired. I was like tired. like I had nothing inside of me and I hadn't experienced that sort of deep fatigue ever in my life. Because I had been exhausted for so long, but I could still arrive and do what had to be done. And I I had never arrived at a day and not been able to do what needed to be done. Grant, I still got at the top of the mountain, but uh, it took me a while. Yeah, it
0: took you a little longer than you wanted. Yes. Quote, air yep. quotes. Yeah.
1: But just think
0: about like, I mean, and I know that you don't, that, that you have a full appreciation of the day. Oh, And everything that went into the day. And I look back at it not knowing by the time you got, you know, when you got to the top. And when we spread some of Travis's ashes, yeah, you know, into the wind, yeah, you know, hopefully it didn't blow over onto the Yellowstone Club. And if they did, I hope some people got, you know, a little bit of it in their little tasty little mouths. Um, <laughs> but that and the you know, the walk down and the conversation that we had with Wolf and Luke and like, you know, on the way down, I just look at that as, you know, I see the whole of it. Yeah. Whereas it would be easy to focus on the result and what the little clock said crossing the line. And I know that you don't do that, but I know that that is like... You know, it's a fucking thing, and then we do that. I and think we, that's a great perspective. And we tie our self worth to the fucking number on that little digital clock, and yeah. and our expectations of other people's expectations of us. Yeah, and 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 that you know that that kind of thing just prevents us at some point from appreciating the whole.
1: Well, and I think that that's those are perfect words because you know as soon as I picked. Not just the VK But when I picked the 50-50 Somehow we tumbled in Our own way Into a coaching relationship And by that I mean The only way that I could be coached Which would be a pure collaboration Or just a discussion And not um, somebody just telling me What to do Which just would never It would never fit in my life
0: So if I sent you an Excel spreadsheet
1: I would just vomit on the computer That's cool (laughs) <laughs> that's cool. It's visceral. It's, it's just not me. And now you know I've done it for other people, and and that's because that's what has. But worked you've never sent
0: somebody a fucking. You've never like based some built someone's training on,
1: on like oh, this a, like a, great a f- fucking. No, it's a it's a conversation the, back and forth. It's, yes, yeah.
0: and that's the and yes. the, there and the, yeah. the, and there's the difference. Yeah. It's not. Just. And
1: so, and I, and we'll talk about the VK this year. But at some point, I just started like looking at different things and. I ended up finding.
0: What happened to the What happened to the VK? Come on, okay. let's talk about. It. Let's finish it because that that it's it's part of getting to the thing that the, then is a different thing. The VK but. this
1: year was awesome. Uh, so we, I entered the VK and. Because I had entered this other race. But you fucking signed up for it a long time ago. A long ago. time ago. And I don't know, December of last year or something. And then you had this other objective afterwards, which was bigger. Which was bigger. And, and heavier. Yep. And so that made the VK... Just this fun thing. Wee. Wee Yeah! Party! And so... Which is why you got fourth. No, it's not. It's why I got fourth.
0: No, it is why. Because you didn't... You just let the... This other person right near the end go by because you couldn't believe you were in third.
1: Exactly.
0: And you were just like, hey, yeah, go ahead. Have, have a, fun. Have a great yeah, day. rock
1: on. And so. And you could have. At third. If I was a different person on that day. Ex- well, yeah. And if,
0: if one, two, three, four, five whatever mattered. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? yeah. And it always in, it always matters after the fact. <laughs> We're like, whoa,
1: really? I was like, what? Was thinking, what? So Which is a
0: really fucking wild thing. I think about these sort of, and I'm not gonna, I'll say artificial, but, and I don't mean it in a derogatory way. I mean, organized sort of sporting events. So you can go into them with whatever intent, whatever expectation, whatever belief, and that will, Always changed based on what happens in the end.
1: Yeah, that's funny. And it's
0: really hard because you're just like, yeah. oh, I'm just, I'm not here for the competition, this, that, the other thing. Then you find and out you're in fourth. You're like afterwards. nine fucking nine seconds, and then you're, a little bit, and then you're yeah. like, God damn it! When you specifically stated in your own mind, oh yeah, beforehand that the final result, as far as placement among other human beings, it wasn't mattered. Yeah. Um it like like you said, oh, it doesn't matter because I'm here for this experience and this is part of the process to get to this other thing.
1: And but then we're human beings. Oh of course, yeah, I'm human, a hundred percent. And you're like, wait.
0: I get to I could have had more.
1: I could have had more? I could have had I i's I could had more? I could have stood higher on I'm the podium. Higher. Uh, um could have had more one dollar bills yeah that would have been cool <laughs> but okay so the vk this year so i had found this other race the fifty fifty, which we'll get to and that was a month after the vk which means the vk needed to be like creme de la creme training cycle right i like i had just come off of an extraordinary five weeks of work where running had decreased some and so um, right around the vk really needed to be this big bump in training or like, I guess I shouldn't say big bump, but really focused training. And so I didn't taper at all and did a 20 mile run a couple of days before it and then arrived the day of. And my intent was like just to stay in my own realm, like to not let anyone else's story be a part of my day and then to not base any of my worth on a single day effort to just, you know, arrive and have a great time and try really hard. And it worked and they, there was no spectators allowed on top, which I think actually helped me because and I say that only because then it eliminated the pressure I put on myself to be a certain person for the people that I love in my life. And so it worked out because then Mish and Mark just drank beer at the bottom and waited for me to finish. And I loved that they were having a good time, you know? And uh, and I could just feel their love and support. You if know. you want to know a little more about Mish, that's episode, I don't
0: know what the fuck.
1: Yeah, Mish from Montana. Mish from Montana. That's yeah. that episode. And yeah. She's amazing. And, she is. And so, oh, the other thing I wanted to do is not go out too fast. That's important in the VK. And so... <laughs> so once your heart rate, if your heart rate hits one eighty down low, it's just gonna stay there the whole time. Trust me, I've done it. <laughs> so, remember that trial and error thing. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm like heading up, and you know, like I'm feeling like pretty strong, and uh, and then I'll, and I'm I don't know how far up. I'm halfway up the mountain. And my friend Paul passes me and I was like, dude, what are you like? You should be way ahead of me. And he was like, Blair. Now we throw the hang ten at each other. We'd met Paul at the VK the year before. Anyway, so then like we get through like one of the main cheering sp- parts and we get onto the scree field and this guy goes, you're third woman. And I like look at him and I roll my eyes and I'm like, that's not nice because I thought he was lying. I like thought he was fucking with me. You know? Because the rut, like a lot of people enter the rut. And so... Um, and there's
0: some hitters who show up. Oh,
1: there's some serious hitters that yeah. show up. And uh, and so we're like going up the mountain and this, um, I look down and I'm like, oh, that must be like some European woman coming up it was my friend Kip that was like making it up who's a trainer here who's wonderful and um so she passed me down low on the mountain I pat her on the back and I'm like great job you know later on the mountain I pass her and we're heading up like the steep section well they're doing construction uh up on Lone Peak and so there's this section that you have to kind of navigate it's not what it normally is and if you're a person who who loves to run up steep mountains at the fastest time possible, you know that you can't expend energy in your mind. Like if I daydream for a second when I'm trying to run uphill as fast as possible, I've already messed myself up and, and you just can't get it back. Like if I daydream for a second when I'm going for a fastest time on one of the peaks around here, it's gone. If I've, if I've let that daydream happen for just a second and you know, it was so wild to experience is right when I got to the section that you had to navigate a little bit, I could feel my power meter depleting so much faster than what it would have if I didn't have to think. Because of the,
0: psych- because the psychological of- demand of like finding the way. Exactly.
1: And this guy was right up my butthole. And I was like, dude, like you go fucking find the trail right now. But he waited until after we'd gotten through that section and then he passed me. Um, but it was a really interesting experience to feel that. Uh, and then, and then Kit passed me right again at the top uh, after that section and, uh, and ran in and she ran in really strong. Uh, and then I came in and I went in, and found Wolf and I sat next to him and, and I texted Mark and Mish and I was like, I don't know. I think I'm like seventh. I'm deaf. I'm like top 10. I think I got seventh. And then they printed out the results because I had no idea. And they're like, you got fourth. And I was like, fuck.
0: Continuing the streak. Fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We both, I believe Misha's text was fucking fourth. Always. And not in a derogatory way, way, but just kind of a celebratory, we've been here before kind of way. That's
1: my jam, fourth (laughs) all day. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and it mm. was just, uh, it was an awesome day. It just, you know, it feels great to feel strong in the mountains. Um,
0: I think a thing that like part of it, you, you, part of the awesomeness of it yeah. was this almost, and I don't want to say, well, disassociation from the outcome.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Cause it wasn't about that. Yeah. yeah. My friends are here. Yeah, I'm in my community. That I love. That I love. I love that race. Efforting, yeah.
0: Among them, yeah. around them, surrounded by them.
1: Oh yeah, and like and like we said, the goal was like be in my own realm, which obviously I was because I had no idea what anybody else was doing around me, and also not to get too fucked up because the
0: bigger idea, yeah. the objective, was on the horizon, and this is a you know this is a part of it, and and I think that's like a. A re- kind of a difficult thing. Yeah. When you have a long term objective and the short term little tests, yeah. let's say, pop up to keep the goal the goal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And not get like overwhelmed in the moment yeah. of like, gotta fucking, you know, perform now. Three weeks out from the big thing yep. and in, you know, and I've got a big day tomorrow because yeah.
1: coach said, and that was such a special part. I mean, that has been, I mean, such an incredible part, incredible part of this journey. You know, I've been an athlete since I was 11 and I've like so deeply ached for like a coach connection in my life. And I, Unfortunately, I've been able to be that in a number of people's lives in their own running, but I haven't had that within my own. And, uh, and a lot of my coaches, I fought in my life and they... They fought back. They fought back <laughs> and they were real <laughs> negative. And, um, and that was a part of my journey. And, and so I've coached myself for a long time. And in this journey, if there's anybody that I'm going to, uh, uh, trust it's Mark because well, but w- you coached yourself yeah,
0: on the same, on this journey. But yes, to, it was a collaboration. You coached yourself. You asked whether your ideas were and what you were doing was appropriate. Yeah. All I did was answer. Yeah and i'm saying that because what's one of the things that's really important to me about the coach athlete relationship is that the athlete is the one doing the fucking work.
1: Yeah, completely. Yeah, maybe like
0: a coach, yeah, you steer a little bit. But what makes me fucking sick is later after the fact. Yeah. Where the coach stands up and like says i did that. Yeah. Like no. Dude, you were at the bottom drinking beer with her friend. <laughs> She didn't do that. She did the fucking work. She'll come down at later and tell you, like, you know, what she did. Yeah. And you're known a number of coaches, and athletes change coaches sometimes. Yeah. And it's always, you know, it's like, oh, this one athlete worked with this person for 10 fucking years. They. And and that and that person developed them. Yeah, that person helped them develop, helped them grow, helped them find their way in the sport. Year eleven, the athletes like I ah, got an opportunity, and I end up with a different coach. They do well, and then then that fucking coach takes credit for the into all of the eleven years. Yeah, when they were only involved for part of one. Completely. Which is why I say that in this. Trajectory, because you know you that you coach yourself with some feedback.
1: Yeah, and the feedback was tremendous for me. Uh, I've just done it on my own for so long, and so to be able to have those conversations, and at this point, I trust myself as much as possible to know a little bit about what's going on internally. I don't always know. I think I know sometimes, and I'm wrong. Um, but at this point, I I have a pretty good read on whether. I have a pretty good read on whether I need to push through and do something because my mind just needs it or if I just don't and I need to just rest or, or do something easier. Yeah. Uh, so I have, a, I have a decent read on that. And and just having someone validate that. Yes, H- have someone reinforce it. is huge. It's huge. Because then you don't waste all this energy second-guessing yourself. Yeah. Second-guessing yourself. Uh, and so that was tremendous. And so for the VK, so I, the VK was on Friday and then, yeah, for our training block that we had decided on, ran 20 miles the next day in the mountains and then it was going to be another 20 but I wanted to cheer for Misha's 50k race and with 10,000 feet of furt um and so I was able to get in 15 miles plus cheering so we decided that that was a good I didn't need to run into the night after was, all of that that was plenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly sorry I'm gonna add
0: five miles to hit the fucking target on my number. excel spreadsheet yeah. thing that but might... the cost of that wasn't yeah.
1: worth the benefit of of what yeah. we were looking for do you think those five miles would have gotten me fourth at the 50 50
0: maybe like i could love that you just went to the exact same place i had
1: arrived
0: at. god damn it <laughs> i've
1: been listening <laughs>
0: I think there's there, there's something there in the training sense. I mean, this being the worst fitness podcast in the world, um, we should talk a little bit about fitness. And th- th- that idea of like when you have these interim blips on the way, blip, VK is not a blip, but I'll just refer to it as such because it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but even like these interim like milestones on the way to, towards the larger objective and how easy it is due to external pressure of whatever kind to treat those milestones as more important than they are. Yeah. As the be all end all in the moment. Yeah. Right. Like you show up for the VK and just like, you know that it's, Hey, this is a step in a block of overreaching that will be followed by extensive recovery prior to a huge effort but then if you were like you know, super influenced by the culture around you by the people who were going to make that mountain their bitch and they oh, were, God. and they were marketing it and it was being sold and there were influencers everywhere and blah 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 that you might get involved in this fucking super in- competitive on all fronts not just physical um Thing that would ultimately detract from that end goal, that end larger objective, right? And this is the nature of our society. Sometimes the physical manifestations of human nature uh, are are very teaching.
1: Somebody locally made stickers that say "Make Lone Peak your bitch," and that's the antithesis of how I approach anything in life, and and how I think it's the antithesis of a lot of people that go to the mountains approach. Honestly, uh, I, I mean, what a ridiculous statement! Like,
0: make this mountain your bitch. Yeah. Like, well, whoa, whoa, whoa! Has this yeah. mountain been here for a little bit?
1: Yeah. And is this, like a little bit longer than you? <laughs> it's actually the the opposite of what most people who go to the mountains think, and and occasionally the mountain grants them passage because that is how they uh, respect and approach the mountain. You know, a yeah. weird
0: hole today, you know, and it was you know kind of thinking about people who you know respect and relate to mountains in a in a in a what i consider to be a fairly pure way yeah and uh so i watched a memorial for david Lama. oh yeah 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 and then i watched one for gila cell
1: yeah Mm. and
0: then i had to stop because i was just like well i'm getting a little bummed out and uh the friends compatriots expressed their relationship to geography yeah effort and challenge and they're not here yeah Yeah. and uh you know watching the gi one it's like oh fuck yeah that happened right here it happened right here here. i fucking ice fest yep
1: it did that was my first ice fest here
0: (sighs) and that informs my appreciation of you know pe- of- how people relate to the natural world oh of course i mean and this goes
1: to i mean yes <laughs> so and then you like make shit super fucking
0: important but in your own mind and it's artificial and it's an organized thing um is completely disassociated from those people expressing themselves in a utterly free world in a way where things aren't narrowly focused into a pipeline and eventual flowchart and a hierarchy and a, yeah.
1: So after the VK I'd, I'd found at this point and was training for obviously, (laughs) but I needed something creative and I'm not, so for me to like run a race, it has to either be like a really beautiful course or a challenging course or tons of vert or just something different or fun than I'm, I'm at this point in my life, I'm not the personality that's going to pick a road race just to try and get a certain time. It's just not my personality type. And I want to go to these different places or have these different experiences. And, um, I had found this race that involved doing two back-to-back 50Ks in the mountains. So it was a 50K Saturday and a 50K Sunday.
0: Well, one of them was 52 or three (laughs) or five or whatever. So the
1: total, it comes to like 64 miles and 11,000 feet of vert. And I was like, yeah, that sounds interesting. Like it was like such an interesting thing because it's not 100K. I mean, it is, but it's not all at once. And so that adds this dynamic to it. And not only that, not everyone is running both of the races. There's individuals that are running the single races. So some people are just running Saturday and some people are just running Sunday. And if you are just
0: running one of the days, you're you could, going out fucking hot.
1: Exactly. And you don't necessarily, I mean, like people are wearing certain numbers, but you can't tell like from, you know.
0: Well, it also is irrelevant. It's on, irrelevant. On the, on the day.
1: But it's, so it just like, but it just added to this like really interesting equation to get to experience. And so I loved the idea of having to do two big back to back efforts and preparing my body uh, for that experience and And so in training, we would do back to back efforts, um, which I ended up really loving. and then and then one of the things that I really loved about the idea of two back to back 50ks is you know to to do a 50k, you need to take some care of yourself, but you can get away with a lot, you know, like. And, and I think about that from, like, an endurance aspect, right? So, like, if the farthest thing you've run is a 5K or 10K, a 50K sounds tremendous. But if you build up to it over time and then you arrive at 50K, I mean, you can get away. I mean, you could not eat during a 50K and you could still do it well. Yeah. You know? You yes. Can. Yeah. Uh, so, it, it, it's like you can get away with a lot in a single 50K. But two back-to-back efforts and to not utterly destroy yourself in the process, you need to really take care of yourself. Two back-to-back and, Efforts
0: like that, and then go to work,
1: and then go to work. Yeah, exactly. Which was always a part of it because I had a- agreed and 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 offered the days up. Uh, they were my last choice days, but I'd still offered them up uh, for a big shoot. And so that those are the days that worked for everybody else. Since I so I adjusted my preparation and schedule to be able to do that. Yeah. And so I just loved. I just loved the idea of it and, and, and navigating that. And, and so one of the things that I'm working on in my own life is, is, is uh, not always being a chaos tornado. Uh, I'm really good at moving really quickly and getting a lot of things done. And in that process, I can occasionally be destructive. And so what I'm attempting to do is slow down a little bit and incorporate some meticulousness and slowing down to be fast. And so this is something I'm working on uh, and something that I think I navigated well uh, for the 50Ks and then and then the photo shoot. And, um, and so they were in, uh, I don't want to pronounce it because I'm not good at pronunciation. I mean, Buena Vista yeah.
0: is the part of Colorado, the yep. Arkansas River Valley, yep. the 14ers, the collegiate peaks yep. around that zone. So you have yep. um, Princeton, uh, there's some other. There's Yale, some other ones. Yale,
1: Yale, some Harvard. Shit, I, don't I don't know. know. It seems <laughs> who yeah. named those? Yeah, so, bunch of <laughs> I <don't>, wasps. <laughs> I don't think it was <laughs> the natives there, you know? And so for the 50ks, you know, for you're on one side of the valley for one day, on one side of the river, and then you're on the other side for the other day. And if I were to ever pick a single 50k race, I would never pick Saturday. (laughs) You know, like, I call it douche grade. Uh, And I mean that so kindly. It's just like, it's runnable, but it's annoying. Douche is never... Well, I guess it's, you know, if it's... I meant to the race organizers. Like, they did Uh, a phenomenal job. Yeah, Uh, But it's just not a race course that I would pick, because it's just not... It's a fucking mountain bike course. It's a mountain bike course. Yeah. Exactly. Runners on. And so it's like up and down. It's still like 4,300 feet of vert, uh, but it's kind of sneaky vert. It's not like anything... Uh, It's no long uphills, which is like my jam. Uh, but (laughs) Which turned out to be in
0: your favor the next day because it's 11 fucking miles uphill. uphill.
1: And I loved how they partnered these two incredibly different races together. So even though Saturday wasn't like my strengths or my jam, uh, I was really grateful for that experience. Granted, my body was like, I took great care of myself, but my body was still sore from it because we don't have any trails like that here that I can train on. The trails in Montana, like I remember the first time I ran on a trail in Salt Lake City and I was like, oh my God, you guys do switchbacks?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It ain't straight up? It's
1: not straight up the mountain, which is how Montana's trails are straight up the mountain. You run the ridge and then you come back down. That's just... That's yeah. how the trails go. Mark's always like, "Is there like some rolling trail that you could do around here?" And I'm like, trying
0: to think of like moderate training days. Exactly.
1: No, man, we got a <laughs> we got flat. We got flat in the valley or straight up the and mountain. Then we got the other thing. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, Saturday was all rollers. Um, but again, you know, they
0: really hit. And mile 26?
1: Oh, God. I was doing like, I was like, yeah, I'm going to finish. And I was like, okay, if I don't go out of the gates too hard, I can do this 50K in six hours. And that will be great to set me up for the second day. And then I was like running it. And I was like, oh, I'm casually on pace for like 530, 540. And then, yeah, after mile 26, you're like cruising down this like beautiful like dirt road. And then they switch you onto this hell trail of mountain bike up and down. And, And I don't get annoyed in races that often. And I was like, this is annoying. <laughs> no, again, for somebody else who likes up and down, they would have lo- or and twisty turns, because you're just turning, like literally, you're just like turning and turning and turning. So it's just like.
0: The you can't control the pace in a way, yeah. like the train is controlling the pace, and so yes. you're like, You got to go hard here, you gotta because you, otherwise, you're not going to get up this hill. And then now you can flow downhill, but then there's a sharp turn, so it cuts the flow. And it's then like you have
1: five feet of flow at, at max distance, <laughs> you know, which is part of the reason that I didn't connect. Oh my god, to...
0: I need to buy a URL right <laughs> yeah. now five feet of flow <laughs> yeah. dot whatever.
1: And so that <laughs> was part of why I didn't really there was some straighter parts that weren't in the mountain biking section but that's just why I didn't really connect with that course and and I was just looking across at the peaks like I want to be in those I want to be over there I want to be over there but again I'm really grateful to have two very different races back to back because that was part of the experience oh yeah and that was really cool but again my body was sore just from not being used to those types be, of trails,
0: be partially because of preparing for day two.
1: Yeah, exactly. The, the
0: the terrain of day two, because that's what is available here.
1: Oh yeah, and day two is my jam.
0: And and then you know getting confronted with day one to you know season the meat so to speak <laughs> for day two. My like, damn, y'all! All right,
1: this is cool. Yeah, and so glad it's
0: not reversed.
1: Oh god, Oh, I'm so glad not it wasn't reversed. A beautiful
0: amazing day one and then That's
1: finish on that other one no just getting fucked yeah. yeah and so after day one you know mark and i had a really great like care system in place he like cooked all of our meals um ahead of time because i just don't want to eat out a ton before big efforts because it just makes me nervous well and part of and, and, and some of that is
0: like a and, not being able to, able to control the food and not but but i think more importantly yes. Um, not being able to control the social cost.
1: Yes, exactly. And I just wanted us to be able to tuck away. Uh, and and again, you and I feel things deeply, and we're even if we're even if it's just you and I talking to one another, but we're in a public space. We're still consuming the buzzy energy of other humans around, and I just didn't want that because I wanted to be like. Whew. And so that was really special. And, uh, I mean, in between
0: two hard efforts, you need a little goose fraba. You
1: need some goose, f- goose fraba, <sighs> goose fraba. And, um, and so, yeah, we just like ate and rested. And I got my feet massaged, and it was incredible after day one. And then, prepped for day two, 50K number two. 55k 55k yeah <laughs> that one was 34 miles yeah. so, um you know when i left the start line for the second day i was like oh like my legs didn't my legs felt heavy oh yeah yeah
0: start out with like almost a mile of fucking downhill on pavement yeah my legs hurt to go into a very steep Climb. mountain course yeah yeah yeah, there's no I don't think there's a way to prepare for that one.
1: And what Mark's referring to is, you know, we we went down this road a couple miles and up a road and and then I got to the steep climb and I'm a very strong uphill power hiker and uh and you know, like even during the VK I, uh a woman was running uphill and I just hiked ex- expending a lot less energy I hiked past her very comfortably i got to this steep climb and uh i always have issues with my left side and my left it band was really tight and it pulls on my knee and i have a bone spur and a, and a benign tumor and so fred did his job okay fred was awesome day fred, two Fr- fred, fred shrank just, day two yeah. yeah but um but i had a lot of pain in my knee in particular and, and to a point where i can't push off hiking like i normally like that's like normally my power And, but again, having crewed so many hundred mile races in my life, I also knew that when you're running a really long race, that things can hurt really bad and they can go away and it might take some time. Granted, I never want to do irreparable damage to my body, but I was like, I think if I give this time, it might work itself out, although it hurts really bad. And, you know, over the next several miles, um, something shifted, It, it warmed up enough and that pain went away. Granted, I still, you know... What a wild thing to manipulate that psychology, you know, to uh, uh,
0: just hold that idea. And I don't want to say manipulate like you're puppet mastering, but just accept, psychologically accept that this isn't ideal now. Yeah. But I know that it is possible. It's not guaranteed that it'll change, but it's possible, and I should just keep moving. Yeah, I just... Keep pushing, and I don't want to say push isn't in the sense of overpower. No, exactly. Just like keep, you know, like fucking hold this pain, yeah, because that's part of all of this. Oh yes, it's it's teaching. It can be a barrier. It can be a thing where people experience it and they're like, "Ah, I don't want that. Yeah, like not because they because they're not recognizing what might become accessible.
1: By embracing and moving through it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a couple of things. And it, it's, it's that. It's like, um, w- well, I wanted to do this journey. Did I think it was going to be easy? <laughs> you know, like that wasn't part of what I wanted out of this journey. <laughs> and It's, it's like and, part of the attraction of the journey exactly. is that it won't be easy. And that, and that maybe I can't do it, right? Like, And so when you and I talk about, so I, after the 50-50, you know, not immediately after. I, I gave it some time. But I just said to Mark, like, I really hope my body lets me do a hundred mile race because I understand the cost of this pounding and what it does to my body. And, and it's, and it's delicate. These human soul pods that we're in are delicate things and, and the repetitive movement of running can, it can beat you up in, in different instances. Uh, I also know that if we can approach it by listening deeply, it can help us along that journey. And so for me, experiencing this pain, I was like, okay, I'm going to listen. If it gets to the point that I need to stop, then that's the call that I need to make. But I really don't want to make that call. But I'm going to give it time to see what happens. And so then I just moved through that that whole uphill. It was really painful. And then we had some rollers again, not not like the day before, like actually beautiful flow ones where you can where you can run for miles.
0: We hit the Colorado Trail below Mount White on the yes. way to the big climb. to yes. get up over, up and over. Yeah, and my
1: body was able to warm up enough. And then you know, then you have literally an eleven mile climb up to thirteen thousand one hundred feet, uh, and. And I would love to run that course fresh. Like, I think that that would be such... Well, an- you got a
0: whole fucking day before yeah. in you. Mm-hmm.
1: It, ha- it impacted the second day for sure, but as it should and as I wanted it to. Yes. Um, but that course would be fun fresh. Um, and so, yeah, I just kept forward progression and it, that climb took me a while. It took me a while to the fact that I sent Mark a text, which I don't often do during races. But I sent him a text at the top, and I just said, "I'm okay. It's hard. I'm slow. It's beautiful." And then, as soon as I crested the top, um, you know, I couldn't bomb it again like I could if I was fresh, but I could move out well. Um, And I what a reward! Oh, what a reward! Oh, yes.
0: Fucking eleven miles uphill yeah. and you get to a point where you can just like Yeah. Not relax, obviously. But, but it
1: was amazing. And and it was one of the most I mean, it's one of the most beautiful runs I've ever done in my life. Which is if I'm gonna enter an organized race, that's that's what I the experience that I would uh, like. That
0: balances out all the bullshit oh, of the yeah. organized race yeah. in a way. Oh yeah. And then there's also a thing like what well, you know, the organized race. You choose the right ones they were, and it won't be like psychologically overwhelming. Yes. But it will also provide an infrastructure
1: for you to do what you couldn't do on yeah. your own. Yes, exactly. And like that aid station at 13,100, <laughs> there's, there's an aid station at 13, over 13,000 feet. And they they were amazing. Like they were such incredible people. I, like, had my two flasks, my two, like, plastic flasks, like, out. And they're like, oh, my God, you're ready for us. I was like, yeah, I am. And then I'm, like, trying to put my, like, bee free back in my vest. I'm like, you know, just trying to get the slug back in his home. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, obviously, I just loved them. Uh, and they're tremendous. Like, they they are such mental boosters. Like, that's one of the fucking coolest things about, you know, in the,
0: in those, especially the mountain Mm-hmm. Races. Mm-hmm. races where people are fucking out there. Like mm-hmm. they didn't get a helicopter up there with all no. the water and all this shit yeah. to help people out. No, they fucking walked up there yeah. and they're volunteers. They're volunteers. And they
1: love human effort spirit, you yes. know? Yeah.
0: And and to be able to get, you know, get there and you receive so, some of that.
1: Oh, it's, um, it's, it's, and I don't spend a lot of time in aid stations. I joke and tell Margaret like I'm not fast enough to spend time in aid stations. So I'm in and out really quick. Uh I fill up my drink, I grab a snack, I walk and I eat my snack. Like I don't spend time in them because I can't I can't spend the time in them. But I am always so grateful and I just say thank you a thousand times and then and the people are always so loving and encouraging and supportive and you know they get a witness a lot that day. Um and, so, yeah, exactly. and then I gotta make a new best friend. I met a woman, um, on the second day we, we chatted, we hadn't realized that we were the same people. We chatted briefly about Oreos race one. Um, uh, on but then we won because
0: I, you found the Oreos and she didn't, and exactly. she was kind of upset. Hey, where'd you she get had. those
1: Oreos, Sandra? <laughs> and, um, you know, I had a really, I, I'm particular about who I'll share time with out there but again you just know like you just feel people you feel the energy you feel yeah. the energy and I just like loved and connected with her right away and we chatted a decent amount from that aid station to the next one so that's seven miles uh, and those were just like magical miles that we got to share together and and she she's like I'm not even thinking about this as a race you know she's like I'm just out here with my friend and I'm really enjoying this day and I was like me too like this is awesome kind of different you know, from someone who treats an
0: event like that, uh, you know, for commercial purposes. Oh, big time. Yeah.
1: And we're putting our energy into everything we do. And if we're going to go into these sacred, beautiful places and what we're sprinkling through it is that we want people to see us and our own human ego path, then that's that's the energy we're deciding to put down into this place we get to go. They're exploiting
0: an environmental location. Yes.
1: Yes. For personal
0: benefit rather than like exploiting the location as opposed to experiencing the location. Yes. Exploiting the event rather than experiencing the event. Yes, I could not agree more. Cross the finish line, the effort is over, I'm done, and then it's back on to ego gratification yeah. and projection and broadcast to others. Yeah. It, it's a shame because that experience of like, if you just preserve that moment of deep, dark, Uncertainty. Yeah. And
1: look related this, to that, look then, at this lesson you could have had. Then that could change you. Yeah.
0: Whereas mm-hmm. once the effort's over, you can easily reject that and go back into old habit. Yeah. Not to denigrate the intensity and the requirement of that effort. Of course. But there's a difference between the 48 hour effort and the six hour effort. Oh, yeah. Like, the further you go, the more you can no longer be the two-hour effort person. Yeah. No longer freely associate with the ideas of ego and overcoming. Yeah. You get to 24 hours nonstop. You start thinking about being tolerated. There are mortality issues. Yeah. There are potentially permanent
1: consequences, yeah.
0: decisions that you made and actions that you took.
1: Yeah. And it's just
0: not there.
1: Well, and, it, it, and it's also, not only is it the time that you're talking about, it's also, are you doing your effort completely self-supported or are you in an organized event where you're being supported by others? Yeah. Uh, and if you can't be humble about the fact that other people are supporting you on this process, uh, uh, that's a part of that um, experience as well yes yeah you can't shout so
0: loudly about yourself yeah without recognizing and thanking the people that allowed you to,
1: the people that were out there working aid stations or marking the course or I mean you also have to thank the Person that came up with the idea and put it all together because oh, you didn't you didn't come up with this idea yeah you signed up for it and somebody did the labor and work of the creative process of coming up with it yeah and that uh, should and you be were just spent. there to take advantage and yes for your
0: own exactly influential opportunity yes that that whole experience of of that of that race was incredible for me
1: oh it was amazing
0: it was witnessing you be you Mm -hmm. and witnessing sort of the outcome of some of a, of a journey that we took to, I'll say together. I didn't do the work, so I'm not like, it's not equal on this journey, but to get to that point and to, you know, navigate our way of relating to this, challenge and executing this challenge was all the shit that's around it and then to be there and see other people see you know the winner casually just do it yeah one end of the spectrum yeah other people who by the time we left hadn't even you know we're driving down they're still running up the fucking road you know like those people are out there dying yeah for something that they really wanted to do
1: and and they're still putting one foot in front of the and other. And they're still putting one foot in the front, front. And and
0: it and then by that time of the day, it's so fucking hot. I know. And it's like it's worse. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like and I'm oh, not gonna yeah. say they made it harder for themselves Mm-mm. because they didn't didn't make. Mm-mm. They're just doing.
1: Yeah, and they're all on their part of the journey of it.
0: And like that to me is you know, so, so that's fascinating. And then somewhere in between you know being done without needing a snack and basically being eventually done later and having to pay for it for however long and somewhere along the way there's someone you know, who's just like taking making a commercial opportunity out of it yeah seeing those like if we just say that yeah. those three different experiences yeah they're all human experiences they are they're all happening they're <laughs> all you know we can see them sometimes maybe we can understand them sometimes maybe not i don't know human effort is and and how people in, relate intellectually to that effort is fucking fascinating oh it's so fascinating is that person who's still running up the fucking road trying to get to the finish line before the cutoff time as we are driving down. Yeah. That person chose to do something that could fucking break them. Yeah. And if something can break you, it can transform you. Yeah. And if you're willing to give all of your effort to something that could break, therefore transform you, that that could change you, Irrevocably For the rest of your fucking life Yeah That is so much And there's no reason To make it a comparative Right I was gonna say That is so much more powerful Than the person who Has it in hand And can you know but can, can, about, can benefit or profit you know, commercially from being. But
1: if we're all, if, if so much of our human experience is being frustrated at the state of the world, you do. You look at those two different experiences and you think, well, what world do I want to live in? Do I want to live in the world where people bring the intent to profit and commercialize everything that I love in this life? Or do I want to connect and put my eyes and my attention on the person that's going through the transformation for, via effort? and heart and what they care about. And I don't know why that our human natures were so frustrated with this world, but we give our eyes to the people that are screaming with their egos. And we put our eyes on these people and that person, you know, has 60,000 followers or, or whatever. It doesn't even have to be social media. It can be anything. And then, you know, and then I meet Sandra, uh, who is this incredible person who has done incredible efforts and, is raising a beautiful family and is there with reverence to be there and, and to connect with other human spirits and not just shout about herself and, but also to find her own self-understanding and, and and support herself along this journey, you know, and, and she has 150, you know, like, like, and then to keep, and then also for her to like keep going back to the well because she was a,
0: you know, UTMB. She was, at Hard Rock Yeah right? she did Hard Rock this she did year did Hard Rock Like And and then to just And to, to have those experiences And to keep going Obviously there's a You know Addict nature of it Which yeah. someone could Derogatorily say something about But then there's also Just like Look I need These hard things yeah. To m- help me Become a better person Yeah Not To do Hard And I'll just say Semi hard things Yeah um in the relation yeah in relation to that other individual in order to, you know, promote myself or yeah. commercialize or make a fucking living yeah. out of it. It was extraordinary to, you know,
1: it was wild to witness.
0: Oh my god! It was so wild. They caught him, like, and I finished between it, the two. You finished between the two, <laughs> and then you and you're just like, wow, this is one thing, and this is another thing, and never the twain shall meet, yeah. because the one, the you know, the one with the bite stick, she ain't learning shit. <laughs> you know, I've trained a lot of people for a long fucking time. Yeah. I have something to say about this, and it's not um you know basically internet keyboard warrior commentary. Right. It's like I've seen this, I understand it. When we put the physical at the forefront, yes. it absolutely limits our ability to experience life. Oh. And to grow oh. in life oh. and as a oh. human being.
1: Oh, yes. Massively so
0: and I guess and and so if I say that, then I also have to f- I also have to accept that, hey, if I put the intellectual first. Yes, all of it. And celebrate and revere that, then it limits my growth as a human being. I mean, and part of the whole thing of my infatuation back in the day with Yukio Mishima, who is one of the greatest Japanese authors of all time, who discovered um, late in life, as a physically and like weak and sickly young man who wrote these incredible things and then later discovered physicality and went into the world of weight training and a relationship with the natural world was able to marry physical and intellectual pursuit in, in a really lovely way. Um, but he also held really strong principles that, you know, eventually, Uh, led him to commit ritual seppuku on TV as a demonstration of his intense belief about a particular ideal. He just said, look, there's no point in taking these soaring intellectual journeys while leaving the body behind. I would say that taking these... ...grand physical journeys while leaving the soul, the heart, and also one's capacity through the mind to relate to the world behind. You know, we're not one-dimensional beings. And yet we try to make ourselves so by arbitrarily placing importance on particular pursuits or activities.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's beautifully expressed. And it reminds me of the quote that we talked about in our first podcast, um, which is, you know, everyone is a a house with four rooms, the emotional, the spiritual, the physical and the mental. And if you don't go into each room, uh, at least to open the door and give it air each day, then you're not a complete person. And when we worship or idolize that which we're most com- the room that we're most comfortable in, uh, then of course we espouse that it's the most important. That is the most important, yeah, because yeah. yeah. we feel really comfortable there. A lot of times, if I'm espousing the
0: fucking physical room, it's because I don't want to look into the mental slash intellectual room or her emotional spiritual or the emotional spirit or you know it, some other. Yeah. I'm avoiding yeah, yeah, yeah. some by focusing so greatly on one of those rooms. Yeah. I am consciously or unconsciously, yeah. Outcomes the same, evading or avoiding other yes other rooms
1: completely
0: and and so and when I focus on the one I just like give it so such great value yeah that I don't have to look at the other ones because they provide me nothing
1: yeah what other rooms
0: what what is a house with one room <laughs> yeah. that's super weird it's called a
1: studio I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's not many doors in this house. <laughs> uh, I mean, there,
0: there there is a lot of space, but there are different rooms. Rooms, and yeah. if you walk into that one, it has a feeling. Yeah, that one has a feeling. Yeah. That one has a. Are we there? I think so. My mostly my question is. Are you hungry yet? <laughs> <laughs> because dinners in that room over there I might which be. between us and that there's no door <laughs> but it also a very separate space different
1: um, I think that all I have left to say really is that it was a really special journey for this year and I'm really grateful for it um, I'm and and each of those rooms, I'm really grateful for how we navigated it. And then after the 50 Ks, we had one rest day (laughs) Monday. And then we drove back 13 hours on Tuesday. I got on a flight Wednesday morning at 6 a.m.
0: We arrived home at 7 p.m. I dropped you off at the airport at 5.
1: At 5 a.m. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's 10. (laughs) Was that 10? You were home 10 hours. For a really big shoot. Um, And, and, I just have to say that like the whole of it of recognizing and then, you know, like part of the thesis for me in the mountains and then eventually in any sport that happened down here afterwards and you know, part of the, the, the nonprofit, if you will, thesis, part of the thesis that we're trying to live and share with others is to, you know, sort of control the things that you can control. Yes, and then, and and that le- And if you can do that, then that leaves you free to address the things that you can't. Yep. And I think that, like, going into that race, you know, the, like this this idea of it's not showing up in the start line with the right shoes. No. Of planning the journey to the event, planning the nutrition. Along the way and keeping control of that. And yeah, I I cooked a lot of stuff beforehand because I knew that we're going to be in a hotel and then, you know, it's going to take two days to drive to to the event. And we're going to be in a, you know, fucking small town wyoming somewhere where maybe we can't control the food but you don't want to get sick yeah done all this preparation so fucking control that part yeah so we make the food we take the food with us we you know we prepare the food in the hotel room and then we get there and then you know got the we... best airbnb on the earth oh, well absolutely the courtyard casitas Shh. Shh. oh sorry in a town somewhere in Arizona, I don't know. But then to arrive at a place and just like keep, you know, you keep control of the things that you, that you can and just and and then you're okay uh, with what you can't and then you're okay with what you can't but you're also because that leaves you the freedom to be okay yes with the things that you yes. can't because you took care of all these things you don't have to think of they're not in your head nagging at you like i should have done i should have i'm puking because i ate some fucking bad food or you know whatever um we were the,
1: so meticulous but not I don't know the right word. But
0: but not constrained. Yes. We we were meticulous but not constrained. It's like this is leading. All of these influential, all of these things that we do right now where we try to retain strict control lead us to freedom.
1: mm -hmm.
0: Like you can't run this race without being free. (laughs) Yeah, And so we need to like control behavior to the extent that we can control our experience to the extent we can to arrive at a point where you can just like be the hot air balloon that just poof, yeah. goes.
1: And there's also something like it, like, you know, that meticulous behavior, which I don't incorporate in a lot of my day-to-day running because... Because fuck it, why? Exactly. But what I will say is, like, I enjoyed that process for these races and I found comfort in it and I was meticulous without being a tornado. And also, what I also understood is, I could still do all of this stuff and something could still go wrong. Like this isn't my saving grace. Oh, yeah, right, like this, is, this isn't the guarantee <laughs> that sure. days are gonna go well. But I can do all of these things. And they are gonna help me for better chances of having a really great experience. And that is part of that freeing aspect of, of, of just arriving. Like I've done all of the prep that I can do. I've set myself up for best success. And now I get to go play in the mountains. Like, yeah, I did the prep. I, got, I I arrived in the best possible
0: condition that I could in this time. Yep. In these circumstances. Yep. And then...
1: Now I just got to go run some miles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a gift. Oh, what an amazing gift. Yeah. It was just such an incredible journey. And I honestly, I can't even think about experiencing this past year without it because it's just been so fun it's been fun to discuss it with you it's been special to have you know the impetus and excitement to fit training in you know there is a like here you know photography explodes in July and August and there's times I was just fitting in four mile runs between shoots between scenes you know and and it's on flat ground but it's exciting for me to fit in those runs between all of that And then this just this trip and journey, you know, that's the first trip that we've gotten to take, you know, in almost a year. And so, or less than that, because we went to the tactical games in spring. Um, But it was fun for it it to be like our own trip and journey and to share that. Um, And yeah, I mean, my dream vacation when I get around 64 miles still and go on an amazing vacation, I'm happy.
0: I can't not laugh about that.
1: Yeah. My dream
0: vacation. I <laughs> ran 30 <laughs> miles and 34 miles and 11,000 feet of bird and that was my holiday. Not everyone chooses that as their holiday to be living life, working for yourself. Yeah. Back and forth between a couple of different communities and locations and that kind of thing and, and to have that, that thing just be constantly there sort of influencing, I think it's super powerful. And and it it demonstrates to me, you know, or demonstrated to me once again, over and over, the importance of having some kind of objective that requires you to be more than you are right now in the moment of deciding on the objective.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: And working towards that objective, integrating that objective, not only just the, you know, training and prep for it, but also the relationships that, that will help, that will allow that objective to become a reality. These are ideas that are so much important than fucking how you look on, you know, in this broadcast platform. It's so these are the, like, you can't do these things without an ultimate level of freedom as a human being. I like that. And freedom as a human being, individual freedom sits on a foundation of some other
1: stuff. Yeah.
0: To be able to do this is an incredible, you know, sort of gift. And it's a gift that has been given to us by other people in the past who've oh. set up the conditions to allow us to pursue our happiness to yes. pursue our potentially highest expression of individual self yes and you know with without that like if someone said hey you can't do that because that's bad for you that's a different world to live in
1: yes it is you know
0: because someone's determining that yeah. and just to be able to prepare for it to have the opportunity to travel oh yeah to the location where this thing is happening yeah to have the sort of a capability of doing it but then also the freedom to you know do it in the way that you want and and then to you know, integrate that into a life of self-employment where you also decide <laughs> what you want. Nah, it's a pretty damn good thing.
1: It was a really great thing.
0: And this is not exactly the conversation I thought we were going to have. No, same,
1: <laughs> same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: Because I really wanted to talk about the power of a moment that, you know, happened where, you were listening to a 16 horsepower song, yeah, which is a co- which is a song called "Nobody Except You" or "Nobody except. Po- Apostrophe Except You." Um, the 16 horsepower. I want to say that's the Secret South album. I think it's the final track on that record, which when I first heard it, I was very moved by it. And then realized that it was a cover of a Bob Dylan song. And then I realized that he never fucking recorded it except in this live bootleg. And then as we found out tonight, somebody was recording, you know, in a studio in Los Angeles and found that recording and then did it, you know, himself. And then, th- you know, we're listening to that on fucking, the, i you know, Apple Music or whatever. And it ended and it didn't go to the next song on that record. Oh, yeah. It just fucking beautifully turned right into Heart of Gold. Yep. Which is, i will say, a very, pretty fucking important song.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it's and, a song for Travis's memorial. Well, yeah. Yeah. And,
0: and, and th- that just happened right there like arbitrarily universe deciding it's like in that, in that sort of moment, it took me like, okay, so Sunday after the race, I need to drive, you know, from the Airbnb into the grocery store to get some food to make. And I'm, you know, driving along and there's a fucking 200 Ravens flying over the road, just as this song by PJ Harvey, which is, you know, bring his love to me, mm-hmm. um, is playing on the stereo of the car that I happen to be driving. And I'm like, well, okay, so there's ravens, which are, you know, one of the spirit animals related to Travis. And this song, and I'm driving, and, well, I I need to maybe immortal, you know, pr- you know preserve this moment in some way in the way that I'm feeling. Uh, in a way that is incapable of preserving how I'm feeling right now, but I can at least show the imagery and the sound and the, you know, this. And it just keeps happening over and over again. I thought we were going to talk about that, but um, maybe that's a future conversation. I know. About the fucking universe.
1: Yeah. hmm The universe helps us communicate across vast spaces and times. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And sometimes the universe communicates itself mm-hmm. to us mm-hmm. against our will.
1: Oh, all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <sighs> well, if the last one-on-one on one podcast we recorded made other people cry, I'll just say this one did it to me.
1: Oh. Yeah, it's a special life. Yeah. Mm-hmm.